You swallow half of the sperm and then dribble like the rest of it down. Oh, why would anyone ever? <laughs> Have you seen my face and head? It's the last <laughs> place you'd want any sperm to go. <laughs> so, so gross. It's not what you'd like. Not what anyone. I guess someone likes it. Someone must like it. I do. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Jim. That's that's great. I can't. Man, I'm the last person I'm going to have sex with. I love your spunky head. something about that time when just being really enthusiastic was enough to win the hearts of millions <laughs> about nothing just what are you so excited about oh yeah just being really happy is well, all you needed opposite now now oh, right. it's Good point. it's a race to see who can care least right uh, right right it's apathy that sells now people are just mm-hmm. you know a, a singer that goes on stage and is just I don't give a shit. I don't even know the words to my song that someone else wrote for me. Yeah, yeah, saying meh or cool story, bro, or other... Yeah, yeah, any way you can just be disinterested and maybe too good for uh, your own life is the new oh yeah. What a bummer. Good point. It's sad. That's sad, isn't it? It's a a good point, but it's a bummer. It's a good job we give a shit on Bodtoid. (laughs) We really do. I think we're pretty darn enthusiastic yeah, overall. Right. We put the effort in, ladies and gentlemen. I think you'll agree. Welcome to Podtoid. With oh. that barnstormer of an intro. That was awesome. They got music, chat, and self-references. That's all you need for an intro. Just seconds in to the show. Yeah, seconds, man. seconds in and their brains can't comprehend it. They, they don't understand. In fact, they don't understand, like, so much, they'll probably go on iTunes and say, I'm not listening to this show anymore. It's stupid. Not realizing how clever it actually is, that one right. person that did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, haven't been, I haven't been reading the reviews. How, yeah. how have they been going? Mostly, as always, highly positive, and I thank everyone. But you've, you upset a person because you said something about creationists. Um, I can't remember the exact review. I looked at it this morning. I can't, I can't be expected to remember one sentence all day. Uh, it was something along the lines of Jonathan Holmes crossed a line. He <laughs> crossed a line? Oh, like, this is the line after weeks of pedophilia <laughs> and idolization of Willem Dafoe. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, film pitches for Willem Dafoe are coming back. Right after that, after God else, I mean, we talked about having sex with the baby Jesus. That was fine, apparently. <laughs> I forgot about that. We did do that, yeah. But because you called creationists cute, <laughs> that crossed the line. And this is supposed to be my job to to push the borders, and you're supposed to be the buffer, like the the yin to my yang, keeping everything contained and and, and listenable. Uh, oh, but you, thank you, apparently, you were too far for this guy. Well, I think people do. I expect a different type of uh, banter from me or talk. 
you know how it is. Like when there's a bad boy, oh, everyone's like, oh, well, that's just a a tough exterior, but inside he's got a heart of gold. So like when you do something, you're the bad boy, Jim. So when you do something really nice once, people will be like, see, he's secretly a great guy. We knew it all along, and you are a great guy. It's no secret, but but uh, but uh, but but my role on the show or my uh, image to people is that of the the nicer guy. So if I do something kind of jerk, even once, it's like, see, he but was the a jerk thing is, time, secretly. Yeah. The thing is, I have been building you up as the worst one out of us <laughs> for weeks because of your whole patronizing, oh, you really think that? That's so interesting that you think that. Like, that's, that's worse than anything I could say. And for some people it is, yeah. I make people very miserable but sometimes. People, but true. I find it entertaining, and most oh, listeners nice. find it entertaining, so I don't know why he's surprised. It's like you've patronized everyone, and it's cool, it's brilliant. But again, it's like you, you obviously, he's, he must be a creationist, and you patronize him. And, you know, I'm sorry, but if you're a creationist, you're a fucking idiot. So I don't know why I don't, I don't you're listening that's... to this show where we use words... That are longer than three syllables. Wow. <laughs> I, I personally think, because, you know, there's all different kinds of creationists. Some of them believe that the world was created around 6,000 years ago, so that there was dinosaurs running around at the same time as, like, you know, the pre Chinese dynasty. And, you know, the, the, yeah. So they basically, them, they basically think yeah. Flintstones was a documentary. Let's not be around the bush. They think the live-action Flintstones with John Goodman in it was actually filmed on location at the time. Like, it's a found footage thing, like Paranormal Activity or Blair Witch. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they believe that it was pretty recent that um, dinosaurs and men were, were hanging out in each other and, yeah. you know, dinosaurs were giving guys a bath and I stuff. Think, so I think to yeah. a creationist... World history basically goes, the world is created by, you know, his Lord God Almighty, thank you, sir. There were dinosaurs, then they recorded, bout, bout. Oh, yeah. and then we have modern man. I think that's how it goes. I think that's, that's like, you go to a creationist museum in Kansas, that's, that's the three stages. Dinosaurs, bout, bout. oh, yeah, modern man. Not me, if I'm, if I'm coming across thing. as ignorant of creationism, I do apologize to our listeners. That, I think it's a I've new got form it right. of creationism. No, you you just branded a whole new school of creationism, and why not? Because there's so many already. De bao bao oh yeahism. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was created, you know, um, just a little bit before the dawn of man, <laughs> before man was brought on this earth. And who's to say you're wrong? Because we can't go back in time and check, can we? And all of our memories are tainted by, you know, uh, uh, bias. So you're, you're biased if you think anything different, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, to to our creationist listeners, I did not mean to degrade you as human beings. You have a belief that I think is um, cute. And I want you to carry on with your cute beliefs, just as I <laughs> encourage uh, children to believe in the Easter Bunny. <laughs> yeah, believe all the funny stuff you want. Why not? You don't, you only live once. Just uh, get the most out of your life and do what comes naturally to you and believe that magic. Believe in magic. Why not? Right? Yeah, oh, cute. sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't respect I also want to that, but, apologize. Yeah. Because you I do. also I don't want to degrade them as humans either. 
because no, that just bumps them down to monkeys, and they don't believe in evolution. Um, despite the wealth of scientific evidence and the fact that natural selection is a fact that supports the theory of evolution, mm. um, I don't want to, you know, trample on their beliefs by likening them to apes. <laughs> well, it's tough because, you know, you can not have a lot of respect for someone's belief, but yeah. respect them as a person. It's not as though I'm degrading them as entire people, but that one aspect of their thinking... Yeah, I don't. I don't think it makes any sense. I can't really agree with them. They probably don't think I make any sense either. I don't care. I'm not going to get all bent out of shape if they think I'm weird for not believing in uh, the Flintstones being a documentary. That's fine. That's it. What do you think? That's yeah. it. I have seen at least five Southern Baptist preachers down in the field with a stick, poking them in ant holes, and then licking the ants off before grooming other pastors. <laughs> The delicious ticks and mites. If you see where I was going there. But I'm doing the, doing the monkey thing again. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy the monkey yeah. thing. Um, these were white pastors, by the way. I don't want people thinking I'm being racist. Oh, these, right. These definitely white. I'm not doing... That would be disgusting. Like that comic what that once drew Obama as a monkey. That was wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what... I don't really know if it is. Monkeys aren't that bad they're pretty cute people used to think i looked like monkeys and i was complimented by it because it's better than looking you know just like a jerk or something they weren't yeah. calling me a jerk if they called obama a jerk insulting if they say oh yeah you kind of resemble an adorable little little animal there cute i've already said what obama looks like and have you what i was you like? racist for that when i compared him to a alien queen <laughs> Because of, <laughs> of the no, lower jaw, the angular lower jaw. He's got the. Were you called racist jaw. for that? Really? Is that the new... It was on this show. Max Scoville, I think, tried to imply it. Um, Max Scoville, who is, you know, sorely missed. Thank you, by the way, to that guy on Facebook who, within moments of me posting the new Podtoid, replied with "I miss Max Scoville." That makes me feel great about <laughs> the, the, the current direction of the show. I feel fantastic about that. Thanks for that, you fucking prick. Well, it made Max feel better. Mac, Max, you know, he he comes off as a, a gregarious and confident, uh, handsome young man, but he's actually uh, pretty sensitive and concerned as to whether people actually like him. And so clear they do, but um, it always makes him feel good to uh, know that he's well, there we go. He is more yeah. appreciated. And I didn't actually mean it when I called that listener a fucking prick. Um, I have had people send me messages after I've called them a dick or an idiot or some other insult on Podtoid apologizing for upsetting me. Uh, nothing that's ever that you could say. If, if you're, a, you know, obviously a fond listener of Podtoid, nothing you could say would offend me. Don't worry about that. It's all fun and games for the show. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's you've got to distinguish between real life and art. And that's what Podtoid is, is real art. <laughs> it's a blend somewhat, of two. Speaking of this realness, Jim, I'm, I'm writing a real email right now. Fuck. It's time sensitive, and I want your help in writing it. Um, Brilliant. Start it off with, all right, sugar tits. <laughs> I could. I could. Right now the subject is, you racist dog? <laughs> like I'm a dog because Phil Fish. I don't know if you heard this. Phil Fish, the uh, developer, the the head developer and creator of Fez, that game that's been in development for like four years for Xbox Live Arcade, 
It looks really good. Some of the animation is by Paul Robertson, who's a famous animator. He did Cabana Baby, Zombie Attack 3000, or whatever it's called. You're familiar with the game, right, Jim? Fez? Oh, I've heard... I mean, fucking hell, Alan. Fez... I think it started development just after the debate about Oh Yeah Age. It's been in development for that fucking long. But yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. forget Fez if I tried. I think it's 2008 or so. Um, and I'm actually in indie game the movie for some people say minutes some people say seconds i haven't seen it yet so i don't know uh with phil fish talking about fez so i'm kind of linked to the game in a lot of people's minds because i was really excited about it in the movie uh talking about how good it is and today at gdc apparently at the indie game the movie panel or a screening or something they did a Q&A afterwards, and one of the people who were asking questions was a, a Japanese game developer who asked Phil what he thinks of Japanese game development, and he said something along the lines of, like, all your games suck now, or something. I'm looking for the quote as we speak. And the internet is just completely freaking out on him and calling him a racist and hating him and uh, saying that Fez sucked all along. They thought they liked it, but now they actually hate it. Yeah, they changed their minds, yeah. Yeah, I think um, people at Grasshopper or Kojima Manufacturer, I mean, Kojima Productions are are yelling at him and stuff. So I want to ask him for official comment, because that's journalism, right? But I don't really know what to write in the email. Do you have any suggestions? Um, Why'd you call them all slit eyes? (laughs) <laughs> all right why'd you call them all slit yeah uh, why did you do it that is racist quotes jim sterling right yeah you're racist <laughs> idiot um what I, I you wrote no you videotaped and watch every day all those 1940s <laughs> Um, propaganda cartoons where they've got Japanese soldiers saying regrettable incidents so solly so solly <laughs> propaganda cartoons I'm typing this word for word mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where they say I'm sorry where do they say again uh, regrettable incident <laughs> so solly so solly And you also like that Disney cartoon where Donald Duck was a Nazi for a minute. (laughs) Sincerely, Jim Sterling, brackets not racist. (laughs) Duck cartoon where he was dressed like Hitler for a minute? He was a Nazi for a minute. He was a... Nazi for a minute. Well, he's a cartoon as well. He's like hailing Mussolini and Hitler and Hirohito. Terrible stuff. So someone's cutting the grass in my. If that's coming through, oh, I. Yeah. yeah, it's very. It's a relaxing hum. Oh, it's like Buddhist. It's Buddhist. Uh, here like all day, stuff. just fucking around in my gut. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you make of this? Can it, why is everyone jumping down poor Phil's throat? Uh, am I weird to? Well, I mean, he's not said, be angry at Phil for a thing that he said? The thing is, he's said what a lot of people in forums say every day. It's, oh, those Japan's games suck, man. I, yeah. I, I think it's an ignorant comment. I don't think it's racist. It's not like he said Japanese people suck. He just said their games suck, which to me is a closed-minded statement, but not of the racist kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's simply drawing distinctions 
between Japanese development and Western development, and there are two, they are two different schools of thought. There are, you know, you can play a game and tell Japanese people made it. You can play a game and tell it was made in the West. I mean, hell, I can play a game now and tell whether it was, whether it's come, I can't exactly pinpoint Russia or Ukraine, but there are ways that Russian Ukrainian games are made that I can pinpoint it's come from that area, like the Eastern Europe area. And sure. There's a certain flavour and um, sense of humour and style to a British game. And you can tell certain British games. You know, you can play an old bullfrog game and you're like, oh yeah, you can tell that's fucking British. Um, yeah. And it's just, you know, just like I can play something like, I mean, especially Platinum Games. Like, you can tell the Japanese flavour that's in there. And you can also ch- tell when a, something doesn't come from a particular region but is trying to emulate it. Like uh, like Demon Souls, it is mm-hmm. very Western, you know, action RPG in its presentation. But there's still enough in the way the story is presented that can give you hints that it came from a Japanese developer. So right, absolutely. So th- there's we can't pretend there's no difference between the way games are made in certain regions. It's the same with films, cartoons, um, possibly even books to a degree. Certain cultures have certain ways of telling stories and certain ways of producing entertainment, but you can distinguish them. And if he thinks everything in Japan sucks, like everything um, game-wise in Japan sucks, I mean, okay, I wouldn't agree with him, but there you go. Um... I do think it was very silly of him to say it, though. In especially at the moment when anything a developer says can come back to bite them in the ass. Like very recently, Cliffy B said on Twitter that Rayman Raving Rabbits was originally called Rayman Raping Rabbits, and he got dogpiled on for making quote unquote rape jokes. Um, and again, I'm not sure whether I'd. Again, I would say bit silly to say it considering the trouble that was bound to happen but I, you know i don't obviously don't think he thinks rape is hilarious um just the image of rayman having sex with a rabbit which is funny so yeah i mean i think it was silly to just make that blanket statement and not expect stuff to come back on him i think it's very blinkered you know to just say all of japan's games suck but mm, i think racist is pushing it a bit far. I think that's the internet's need to overhype everything because, you know, there's no other way to express yourself. That's what I think. Yeah. Sorry, I went on uh, way too long. No, no, I was enjoying listening to it. I was considering all your thoughts and uh, absorbing them. And I think uh, more or less people aren't taking in, into consideration that this was an off-the-cuff comment made at a panel. It wasn't like a prepared statement or anything. Yeah. I'm sure he, he didn't might have been expect- a joke. I mean, we've only... I guess it's all second-hand that we've heard. He might have just said it in a joking way and everyone laughed. We don't, I don't know yet. He might have been sarcastic about it. There was like a, um, you know, blow-by-blow uh, blow writing up of the whole thing where there was like, and then the crowd got quiet and before they had liked what Phil had to say, but then they, they were upset and like people were interviewed coming out of the talk saying like, he shouldn't have said that. I'm really upset at him. It's a, it's a weird thing. And I feel badly for anyone who throws yeah. themselves into the public eye and, and makes a mistake and, and misrepresents themselves and doesn't speak yeah. perfectly. I think the fact, possibly yeah. the fact that he was aiming directly at a single person as well. Cause I mean, we talked about this last week, the difference between, a general joke 
and something mm-hmm. that's laser targeted at a single guy. I, right. I I imagine it would sound worse to point at a Japanese man and say all your games suck. Like, right. That does. I can see where that would just come across as way more disdainfully than you know it possibly could have been. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm guessing, knowing uh, Phil Fish just a tiny, tiny bit, that he did not expect anyone's feelings to get hurt and that it would be taken as an exaggeration uh, that would be funny. You know, like, oh my god, he's he's going so overboard with this comment, it's hilarious. But instead, people just thought he was legitimately a mean guy. And uh, he's not. So hopefully I'll be able to clear that up. I just sent that email you wrote, Jim. Oh my god. But you in quotes, I wrote, not racist. He'll probably think it's funny, and if not, so. then what's the worst that could happen? Unless yeah. he actually is racist, and then he just <laughs> he just cops to it. He just yeah, I watch those. I fucking hate the Japanese. <laughs> I talked to him actually about it at PAX last year, and he loves the original Legend of Zelda, but he doesn't like the more recent Zeldas. He's a lot like Anthony Birch in that way. I don't know if um, you talked to Anthony about that, but he hated Skyward Sword. He didn't like uh, Twilight Princess. He's just kind of done with that formula. And a lot of people are. I think Phil meant to say something that a lot of people would agree with and said it in a way that has turned him off, which I've been doing a lot lately too. People are really pissed off at me this week, Jim. Oh god! People, I'm, I'm, I have gotten in so little trouble lately. It's amazing, and everyone around me have been getting into the kind of hijinks that I normally get into. Whereas I'm being like carried around on a big chair by obviously very strong people for saying nice things. People have said I've been saying lots of nice things, which I'm glad about. But yeah, what I didn't even know this. What have you gotten in trouble for? Oh well, I first it was maybe a week and a half ago that I said that uh, the new trailer for Mass Effect failed to appeal to at least one fan of The Walking Dead because they paid a lot of money. As you probably know, Walking Dead uh, ad time is really expensive. It's like a million. It's like not quite Super Bowl, but it's pretty high. I can imagine. Um, yeah, so they paid a lot for a trailer that I thought did very little to sell Mass Effect on anyone who doesn't already know what Mass Effect is and like Mass Effect, so... It was uh, good to get it out there that Mass Effect is coming out soon. Mass Effect 3 is coming out soon. But oh. if you don't already know that, then you know, you're know you not going to care anyway. So, um, so yeah, I said it failed to impress me and my wife. And people got, got really mad that I uh, mentioned my wife. Like, why would you say anything <laughs> about having a wife? What is you this, make Kotaku? All the, you make all what, the Mass Effect about their wives all the time on Kotaku now? I don't... That's what it is. It's like, oh my god. I guess one who has ever played Mass Effect and doesn't have a girlfriend like they all don't um, are upset because you are married. Um, I'm obviously. Oh, that's not what I thought. I'm joking, of course. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of. Actually, some of the most beautiful women I know in real life love Mass Effect a lot, and they're very excited that it's coming out today. Uh, so then I uh, I came back and they did another commercial on Walking Dead, and I kind of. Uh, explained that I just thought the the trailers were doing a poor job of showing what the game does best, which is depict relationships and someone who is initially discriminated against, who'd be Commander Shepard, slowly winning over and learning to bond with all of these alien races that are superior to him in all these various ways, but they work as a team. You know, I think that's a great concept. I love Mass Effect as a concept. I don't enjoy playing it as of yet, but I love it in theory, and these commercials don't depict any of that. They're just like crappy action movie commercials. Um, 
So people were mad about that. People were mad when I said that Nintendo was um, kind of disrespecting video games as a medium by refusing to let the blinding of Isaac, I'm sorry, the binding of Isaac be in their uh, eShop oh, store. Oh, don't get me started on that. People were really mad at me for saying that, that I was biased towards binding of Isaac developer Edmund <laughs> McMillan, and that I'm, you know, what do I know about running the eShop, and blah, blah, blah. It was like 130 comments or something about that. No, uh, and that. a lot of them were just saying that I was now a douchebag and the worst uh, journalist at Destructoid. Um, heard that a couple of times this week. Just due, not due to my writing, I don't think, but just due to my perspective just on things. Just due to them disagreeing with your opinions. Yeah. And the very yeah. fact you you opine in your articles, you know, you're not technically a journalist. No. But, I mean, we've had that discussion before, and yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still staunchly against that term, because I think people use it in the wrong way, so I don't want anything to do with the term. But, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's strange... It's strange to see you pissing people off. Um, it really, it really is. Because even when you, um, even when you, because I, I, I think it's fair to say you have a controversial perspective on the industry as a whole, uh, as mm. do I. But the sure. difference generally tends to be that I don't know. I guess your way of presenting that opinion is is I don't want to say harmless, but you know, there's the, the teeth aren't out so much, so people don't see it as a threat. And they more take what you say on board and, and just listen to it and either agree or don't. Um, mm. And usually I'll say something and that'll just piss everyone off. But it seems lately, I don't know whether people are just, they've gotten used to my opinions, so they let me get away with stuff. But maybe they need somewhere else to rage at and they've just picked on you. <laughs> I, I don't know how <laughs> it works, but yeah, I mean, I've noticed you've, that's weird. That is yeah, weird. I'm pissing them off. I think part of it is I I leave i tend to leave a lot open for people to interpret like i'll tell I'll you say, what well, mate, yeah you can leave something open for me <laughs> i'm talking interpret. about your your anal passage like the ocean i just I get I... that dilated a bit just so i can puncture it with the tip and then subsequently the shaft of my erect for Hallis. Ow! Ow, just thinking about that. <laughs> Stings. It's alright, it'll be, it'll be gentle. I'll spit on my hand like in Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah, they do do that. That's not simple out, that fixes the problem. <laughs> I guess. Just, just a droplet of spit. Yep, that's all you need. Um, yeah, I think I piss people off because they assume that I am more angry and like spiteful then I come off, and then I'm trying to like trick them into thinking I'm not. Oh, that I don't have like like I've got a secret yeah. agenda and stuff. Well, like they're that. so good yeah. at projecting their own. Like they feel so angry about what you said, mm. they can only assume you're just as angry as they are. Yeah, it's like I'll I'm make not... a joke about PS3 firmware, and someone's like, "Oh, you're always angry and whining about it." And I was just making fun of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, you're the one who's angry and upset right now. Um, so yeah, I guess I mean because I know you. Obviously, I talk to you once a week and going on a year now yeah and you're not an angry man it takes a lot to good to really make me angry i was upset i've noticed i've i've been (laughs) i can't seem to do anything no 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 i've got a uh, it's i really have to feel threatened or truly insulted um and that's very rare that that happens um because i'm more interested in what people have to say than than taking it harshly but but i was a picture i did of you Oh, with the spider eyes? Yeah, I, I had to proofread my review of Unit 13. 
I didn't want to do it. So I just photoshopped, like, replaced your eyes with spiders. And then did the lyric of a song that I'm doing. Jonathan Holmes, you've got those spider eyes. It's it's touching. I might add it to the... Um, yeah, I, I have a place for that, I think. I'll put that on the Talking to Women About Video Games album. For uh, I did a cover of a song that was in the David Lynch movie Eraserhead. And that was a very Eraserhead-like image, Jim. I enjoyed it. Thank you. What hey. did you think about my other thing I was doing? What's that thing? Um, I'm strongly considering digging a grave in my backyard for you. Um, and getting a full headstone. Jonathan Holmes, um, loving husband, and friend of Jim Sterling. Um, just have that engraved. I might make it myself out of like a kitchen cabinet or something. Um, and again, not with no intent, no mal- malicious intent to use it. I just it would make me feel good to just have an, an open plot for you. There and of course, if you if you do, you know, heaven forbid, um, meet with an unfortunate accident, your family's sorted. They can come around here and we can bury you in my backyard, free of charge. <laughs> what a, they they might not appre- appreciate that. They may uh, want me buried somewhere else and or be suspicious. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They're throwing good money after bad. There, they're putting pearls before swine. They're counting I, the chickens I, before the horses bolted. Well, dear, there wouldn't be a year on this gravestone yet. Uh, they're, they're looking before they spoil the broth, mate. They are not taking into account the fact, I'll have a grave for you here and I'll do it for free. That's saving them money. But you're not, I mean... Funeral's expensive, Jonathan! Right? I will perform the following services for free. Right? In the event of your unfortunate demise, God bless and let's hope it never happens. Right? Grave! Uh-huh. Priest! Who's the priest? Me! <laughs> That's no problem. I will wear a black t-shirt and get a bit of silver duct tape and just, like, slap that on the collar bit for be a priest. Right? I'll do that. Wake! Um, for What's the wake going to be like? Right? Uh, we'll play Alan Wake on the Xbox. <laughs> right? Drinks are complimentary. I will oh. be able to provide up to four bottles of Smirnoff Ice and fuck it, let's say as much um, not not Dr. Pepper, but the, the, the cheap one, Dr. Cool K Fizzy, or whatever. Yeah, as Dr. much of uh, that. Mr. Pib. Mr. As, Pib. as much Mr. Pib diet obviously I'm, I'm not giving away the good stuff um as they want okay snacks i can do um squares of american cheese okay <laughs> like velveta they i don't know i'll just pick something up at walmart right all right sure um program il- fully illustrated program of the event in mass, uh, would that be an MS Paint sort of deal? Or? Yeah, there'll be pictures of your life. Like, there'll be you as a giant chasing Jack down the beanstalk. <laughs> there will be you starring as John Hurt in The Elephant Man. There will be you <laughs> jumping over some flaming monster trucks wearing Evil Knievel helmet, right? Like on a motorcycle? Yeah, or just, just with, like, all the famous things. for hands? Or all the accomplishments you've done in your life. Right? Okay. 
uh, you writing The Simpsons as well. <laughs> and there will be a, po- a calligraphy-style like written poem in there. Jonathan Holmes, we loved you dearly. Jim Sterling loves you, but yearly. <laughs> every yearly. No, Jim Sterling loves you every yearly. That'll, right? That's my poem. That'll go in there. They get all that, and I'm doing it for fucking free. All they mm-hmm. have to do is bring the body down here. <laughs> that's a that's a long trip fact, with my fuck, body. Ah, fuck that, mate. I will. I'll do that for free. I'll drive down to wherever you live. Where is it? Uh, Massachusetts. Mastodon, Master, Master, right? <laughs> Which is what the Black Ranger um, had in Power Rangers, and that's, that's what true. he was called. I'm not being racist, right? I will drive down in a car, okay, with I don't know, two two boxes of Saran wrap, wrap you up, bundle you in the back seat, drive you down, free. Jobs are good and. And I'll do all that for you. That's your funeral. Sorted out. Obviously, if I die first, which is ever so likely given my physical health, then that might be a problem. You'll have to do my funeral. Okay, that's the pact we've got. That's like Some people have suicide pacts, blood pacts. We'll have a funeral pact. So if Whoa. you die, I'll do your funeral for free. I've already, you know, I've already got it all planned out. And then if I die, you will have to take my body in the car, and I want I want me sat in the passenger shit seat next to you, with my head turned so I'm looking at you while you drive. Wow, and I'm driving, where am I driving your body to? Just You'll drive else? me back to your house, so she can bury me in your backyard. Not, not in, the, in the hole you've already dug for me. Um, no, but I'd have, have to, to dig you a new hole. Well, I mean, you don't have to dig me a hole. I wouldn't. Obviously, this is my idea, so I don't want to impose things on you. You can no. just sit me in the corner of your backyard and let nature take its course. But I don't want to be moved after that. If, if I end up as a bleached skeleton I, in in your backyard, I just want to be sat in the corner. You do have permission to put a pirate hat on me and put like a scabbard in my hand or a, a scimitar type thing. Um, <laughs> And that's like a real pirate. Yeah, first. like a fun yeah. thing so that if you have kids one day, God bless, then they can play in Pirate Cove. <laughs> Which is just the backyard where the rotting body with like entrails and crows pecking at it and stuff. That's Pirate Cove. My friend's dead body <laughs> in my backyard. <laughs> it's hard to say no to that. Oh, you, you like- took that home. You took that home, my friend. As you will with my dead, bloated corpse. My syphilis bloated corpse. <laughs> you know, life is too short to not do stuff like that. It is tempting to do it, just mm. to say that I did. But boy, would I get in trouble with the uh, <laughs> Department of Public Health, um, various federal agencies, my landlord. I'm sure my wife wouldn't be thrilled about it, but... Why not try it? You know, I'm not going to say no. Well, exactly. I mean, I'm always reminded of an inspirational quote that was given to me by yeah. a friend of mine who lived in Scotland. Um, I, don't, I've never, I haven't spoken to her in years. I, I, I've got no way of getting back in contact with her. Um, she called herself the captain. And oh. wonderful friend. Very into Silent Hill. That's how I ended up becoming friends with her. Huh. And she was... Almost as obsessed with paedophiles as I am. <laughs> and, well, I mean, I say obsessed, you know, there's this, you know, ironic, humorous fascination with them. 
Um, sure. And she was particularly interested in this local one who was caught and put on trial. Uh, and the judge, as they do, you know, asked him why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. And his quote, you know, he, his response was, she was blonde, so I had to go for it. And I think that's just, a lesson we can all learn in life is to just grab life by the horns. Yeah, if it's blonde, and you have just, to go for it. Yeah, I mean, if obviously, your friend don't, says, yeah, don't be a my... pedophile, by the way. I've got to put that no, disclaimer no, no. in, but no, it's a metaphor. It's for, a metaphor. You don't want to take that literally. No, yeah, no, no. he did, yeah. and you know, very unpleasant for all concerned. But obviously, just live life and have your dead friend in the back garden. <laughs> the pirate hat on the pirate and... hat, like a, you know you can put sand around it i mean that might soak up the like the the residue um, oh yeah a lot of stuff happens it's... to a dead body you'll be oh, uh, uh, the poop will come out right away i guess oh yeah i mean that by the time you by the time you've driven down to mississippi that will have baked on hard in the sun so you don't have to worry about any leakages there um, <laughs> obviously there will be some fluids and creatures oh. sort of <laughs> It's so awful. I mean, there'll be a lot of fumes as well. You might want to, as you drive back, you might want to just wind the window down because of the fumes that are given off when the the bacteria living in my stomach no longer has um, a, like a system fighting it back. Yeah, yeah. Um, no and it will start to consume me from within. <laughs> and, and I imagine a lot of sort of noxious, possibly poisonous gases will be given off when... My body sort of crumples inward, sort of just collapses in on itself. So you will want to keep a window open for that. I can't believe <laughs> we're still on this subject. There's a lot to say about it. It's, There's yeah. a lot of details. In I mean, the, that's chewed through quite a bit of time, and people thought that this show would be in trouble when people left. No, you're, you've got an endless idea generating device in your brain, so we're all Jonathan we're all Holmes! Yes, Jim. When are we going to open a hibachi-style restaurant? <laughs> you and I? Yeah, I was thinking about this last night. I was in a hibachi-style restaurant, and I was like, why why don't Jonathan Holmes and I run one of these? <laughs> we don't know how to do any of that, dude. Do you know how to cook food like that? I, I, I no assumed idea. you would do it. <laughs> and, and I would help. Basically, my wife and I were discussing this. You would be in the table, like the middle of the table, like they've got, like uh-huh. the grill table, cooking all the food, you know, throwing eggs around and going, ha ha ha, like that, right? And people clapping, and that's good. Is that what they do with those? They just throw eggs around and go, ah! Oh, they do. <laughs> they do with this local one, Sticks. They go, I'm going to okay. tell you, I want to tell you about the actual waiter, dude. Uh, Please do. I will, actually. I'll do it now. Mm. Right. There's this restaurant called Sticks out here, and I'm always impressed when Mississippi has a restaurant worth going to. And this one is, like, the food's really good, and the chefs are real performers. Like, they're doing all the tricks, you know, throwing eggs and catching them in their hats. Um, Throwing eggs and then sort of slicing them in half in the air and stuff. Like, real ninja shit. It's fucking great. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll get onions, like like circular onion rings, and make a little pile out of them oh. with a hole in the middle so it looks like a like a termite nest and they'll pour oil in it and then chuck in a match and it'll like come up like a volcano 
And then Whoa. when they put it out, all this smoke will come out, and they'll push it along and go, choo-choo, choo-choo, and it's like an onion train with smoke coming out the top. It's fucking brilliant. They really say choo-choo? Yeah. Wow. They, they fucking go all out down this place. and you know It's, it's called Sticks? Sticks. S-T-Y-X. Like the rock and roll band. Yeah, exactly like the rock and roll band. Whoa. Wow. It's so it's a restaurant like... named after a rock and roll band. <laughs> no one remembers. Like Rat, almost. So it's almost like you're telling me about a place called Rat with two T's yeah. that makes a train out of onion rings and does sound effects for you. And it's for adults. It's, it's, it's adult totally rest. for adults. I mean, there are kids there sometimes, and they'll, you know, play around with them. But what? this particular one. Now, they're always exuberant, these chefs. Mm. This one went too far. <laughs> and you got to bear in mind all the time that this is in Mississippi, Christian hotbed of America. The guy starts, <laughs> he starts cooking by pouring oil all over the table, setting a gas lighter to it. So like fire comes right up over like in front of his face and between us. And he's a little Japanese fella, and he starts by going, Welcome to hell! <laughs> right? Straight away, I'm laughing. The other people... Of course you are. Yeah, straight away, I'm trying not to burst out laughing. It was me, my wife, and one other couple. Just, just, uh, just four of us at this table. He starts with Welcome to Hell. He then makes several jokes while he's like, chopping up eggs and cooking things. He says, welcome to the Waffle House at least four <laughs> times. What's Every he time he waffle? does it, he goes, <laughs> like this, this weird quasi-joker laugh, like a Japanese Heath Ledger joker. I actually, my stomach muscle is cramping. <laughs> Ouch. I have to do a weird stretch. Okay, one second. For no reason, he says, Ice, ice, baby! <laughs> I believe at one point he welcomed us to Walmart. So already, already we've had blasphemy, self-deprecation, and pop culture references. Uh, at yeah, one point I while he keep... was like tossing the rice, he just goes, nah, 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 I want some ice cream. <laughs> He does that about three times during the whole spectacle. <laughs> and again, all, every time, <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's it, that's the way he laughed. <laughs> like that. <laughs> then, then comes the time, then comes the bit where he sexually harasses my wife. <laughs> Whoa, this really? Is, this is where it went weird. This is where it got dark. Because... <laughs> God... He fucking does this thing, and, and the other chefs kind of do this. They'll get a bit of food on the end of their spatula, and they'll toss it, and you catch it in your mouth, you know, or fail. He did okay. that. He did that. The other guy was having none of it, refused to do it. And I thought, well, it's going to get nasty. I better do it. He tossed it. I failed. Didn't catch it. Went over to my wife. She opened her mouth. He calls to the back of the kitchen. Hey, we're going to need some help over here. I'm going to get this in your mouth. And so I'd like... Getting quite suggestive, which was awkward. And obviously mm. there were nervous giggles. Um, then he turned to the other woman, who was, let's just say, a lot more demure, a lot more quiet and withdrawn. And he was worse with her, to be honest, because really? he said to her, after she opened her mouth, I'm going to show you how the Japanese put it in. 
Catherine. I'm going to show you how the Japanese put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The smile stopped. <laughs> there was yeah. again, nervous titters, and he kind of picked up on it. And then was just like, oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, welcome to Waffle House. Ah, oh, what's an ice cream? And went back to his fucking thing. And again, I was fucking... By that point, I was dead. I was... I couldn't open my mouth because just garbled noise would come out. But it did get me thinking. It was interesting because we were talking last week about the whole sexual harassment thing of um, Miranda and, and the, the fighting game community stuff. Mm-hmm. And and my um, Alex pointed this out to me because one of the excuses or one of the things said against Miranda was, oh, she was laughing along with it while it happened. Was she? And, well, the thing is, she was doing what we were doing at that table, this kind of nervous, uncomfortable laugh because you don't want to go from zero to ten. You don't want to be laugh- like genuinely laughing at some fun jokes and then something questionable is said and you don't want to straight away stand up and say you sexist cunt i hate you you know because you don't yeah, want to be sure. you're in a weird socially awkward position where you don't want to be the quote unquote killjoy and bring it down especially because there's always that fear that the guy will say oh i'm just joking i'm just joking and turn everyone against you and and there's a lot of social anxiety that comes with that when you're in that position i've been in it before you know i've been in it uh, in in other jobs where you know, someone was saying something quite clearly, like, very homophobic and was talking about, like, kicking in the heads of gay people. And, but everyone else in the room was kind of smiling along and you don't want to be the guy that stands up and really speaks out against it and then draws everyone against you. You know what I'm saying? It's, sure, sure, sure. There's a lot of social anxiety. And, and that's why I think it's, it, and I didn't really get it until it happened that night with this chef. And Alex kind of really hammered it home by tying it into the Miranda stuff. It's just saying, oh, you should have said something. Just that doesn't work. That's not when you're in that laid back social situation. A lot of times you just want to grin and bear it, giggle your way through. And obviously this, the chef picked up that we were uncomfortable and stopped and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, just said, I'm sorry, I was just joking and carried on. And and the night was saved. And that's obviously the difference between him and what went on with the fighting game community stuff is he didn't stop in Miranda's situation. And he didn't apologize afterwards. Well, he did apologize and then later on justified it by saying, oh, sexual harassment's a part of fighting. Well, you know, whatever. I don't want to rake that all up again. But the point is, is when a woman's uncomfortable, and and again, like, you know, I'm not saying it's like, oh, I've always known it and you should all know it. It's something I didn't really think about myself until this past week. You know, when a woman's in that situation where she's being uncomfortable, it's your job as the person making any kind of joke to pick up on that and stop if you're sensing it. Um, because to make the joke and then later on just brush it off if you find out you offended someone and say, oh, well, they should have said something. I think that's very ignorant and unfair um, and doesn't really consider what it's like to be in that situation where you feel you should say something, but you don't want to be the one drawing a spotlight on yourself and making the whole room sour. Um, so it was just interesting, and, and obviously it was a it was a funny night, and I, I didn't want to make it in too serious because it was that guy was just fucking off his mind and it was a hilarious night overall uh, yeah but it was interesting and and you know i've been in the, those kinds of situations and and to you know i 
I have taken, like I mentioned, the homo- the guy making the homophobic comments. I did take him to one side, and just said, "Look, guy, myself and members of my family are not exactly straight, so can you call it? It's it makes uh-huh. people very uncomfortable." And that, that took a lot. For, like I felt terrified as I was saying that, and I guess you shouldn't. I guess in every- well, no. If if someone is making you feel threatened with their comments by proxy of that, you're going to be not comfortable with telling them that you're feeling insulted or vulnerable or threatened or whatever it may be. So to say, you know, to, to me, it's it's as much of a instance of blaming the victim as anything else to say, well, I was making you feel like threatened and uncomfortable. You should have felt comfortable enough with me to say, stop it. Like that's, that's not how bullying works. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I just think that it bears consideration because it's funny, even though I've been in that situation before, I never even thought about it in, in other situations until recently. And it's just something that, you know, we should probably all as gamers and stuff, and, and as people socializing on the internet should probably be a bit more aware of. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I had the opportunity to, to think about it. And, yeah, I just think it was... Because I think in our minds, we all think we're these socially just, righteous people that will stand up and say, No more! That uh, real life doesn't often work that way. I mean, kudos to someone who can stand up and shout that loudly in a room full of crowded people in a casual environment, but I don't think that's most of us. No. Uh, so, no. yeah, I mean, that was that was my, one evening last week that was both very hilarious and also kind of thought-provoking in a... In sure. What a great night that was. I, I wish I was there. Uh, it, it reminds me of the old axiom, with great power comes great responsibility. You know that axiom, right, Jim? Hell yeah. Because we have the power to freak each other out. Who said out that? And... Was it Betmung who said that? <laughs> The famous comic book superhero, Batmung. <laughs> that's what they, uh, yeah, that's like the Japanese translation of them, Batman. Um, right. So, you know, we can freak each other out and say stuff that'll make each other uncomfortable. Uh, we have the power to do that, so we have the responsibility to try to be aware of that and to, uh, you know, fess up and apologize if we do something we regret later. Um, likewise... Coming at this Binding of Isaac thing, Jim, am I crazy to think that Nintendo, because they have the power, the the only they're the only people that have the power to sell digital games on the 3DS, they have the responsibility to put games out that uh, are meeting all of the traditional standards for for release on the the eShop. The fact that they're making exception with uh, Binding of Isaac. Binding of the Isaac. Uh, the fact that they're making exceptions for this and singling this game out is no, we're not going to release that based on content, I think is uh, pretty terrible. They're not living up to their responsibilities to their um, to the, the people who bought a 3DS and to the video game community as a whole. They're, they're diminishing um, the importance of video games in general by doing that, I think, by saying we have to censor this content because our our viewers or our players aren't sophisticated enough to deal with something that's this um, controversial. It's, it's kind of insulting and, yeah. and sad. What it's do you a, think, Jim? It's a problem in this industry as a whole. You can yeah. fucking cut heads off. You can slap women around. You can do all manner of violent, foul-mouthed things. You can even blaspheme. 
Mm. But if you dare try and make a serious, realistic, grounded point about a real-world religion, fuck mm-hmm. off. This is this is a real problem in the industry. This there is a cowardice surrounding the touching of real issues. Um, and it's possibly thanks to what the mainstream media have done, where like any time a game tries to touch on an issue, the mainstream media will accuse them of making light of it. It's like, oh, they're reducing mm. it to a game, they're cheapening it. And it's like, well, no, some games now exist to actually explore these things sensitively and, and interestingly. And uh-huh. they're not allowed to do it because people instantly think game equals, you know, making a shallow mockery of something. And... Games like The Binding of Isaac don't exactly do that. I mean, Nintendo called it, quote-unquote, questionable religious content. Never mind mm-hmm. the fact that the questionable content is in the Bible. That's where the story <laughs> of, you know, a father trying to kill his son comes from. Um, right. If there's anything questionable about it, go hit up the writers of the little book that it's based on, you know? Yeah, but it's not, it's, it's not a literal translation it's of it. talking to, it's... yeah talking to edmund about it he really didn't know at the time what their problem was and he knew that some people at nintendo really did want the game published on the 3ds but um more or less nintendo was scared to do it because it might make them look bad and and if you ask me that's nintendo missing an opportunity to you know release the game have the backlash happen, because of course people will get angry about it, have them come out and make a public statement saying that this game was on PC beforehand and there was no backlash at that point. We think the 3DS is just a leg- as legitimate of a, a console for all age groups and, and all levels of sophistication as the PC is, and we didn't make this game, so we're not uh, responsible for it, but we're not going to censor artists that are trying to create content for our console, and the, it, it's not like the game is rated um, adults only either. It was, I think, it got an M rating from, M rating, from yeah. Germany, and uh, Nintendo puts the Resident Evil Revelations demo out on the eShop, which well, I think Edmund, is M rated. Ed, Ed McMillan yep. said outright mm-hmm. they had no problem with the violence. They had no problem with an M rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he even said they had no problem with blasphemy. If the game mm-hmm. was outright blasphemous, that wouldn't be an issue. It's the fact that there's an actual real-life religious tie there. It's not just a silly, light-hearted thing that we can all brush off as a joke. There's something in there that actual has, you know, actually has thought behind it. And I think it's disturbing that that's a problem, that religious content is fine provided you don't ask people to think about religion, you know? I find that very distressing. I wrote about this in a GameFront article um, last week, on Friday, in fact, it was just called questionable religious content. And it's not the first time, and it's not just religion often. You know, we had Six Days in Fallujah, that game that was um, based on a real-life event in uh, the Middle East. And obviously that never got a publisher because Konami got wet feet, lost its spine, pulled out when sure. news articles started slamming it. And again, you know, brought up, oh, they're cheapening real-life death and everything, when that wasn't their intention. Um, We had that with Medal of Honor um, the year before last, when they took... This this is what really gets me, because they had a multiplayer mode, Allied Forces versus Al-Qaeda, and 
people, you know, the backlash was huge. And, oh my god, they put Al-Qaeda in the game. <laughs> and then they took Al-Qaeda out, except they didn't. They just changed their name to Insurgents. It was the exact same content. We all knew we were shooting Al-Qaeda members. We all fucking knew. But because they put up that cheap, thinly veiled disguise, we all mm-hmm. feel better about it. And that's pathetic. And that's what is just overall pitiful about the video game industry right now is the sheer Mm -hmm. cowardice and the fact you can't fucking make any kind of point in a game whatsoever and if you want to criticize religion you have to make the religion up you know you have to fucking like that fake you yevon religion in final fantasy 10 there's a lot of stuff in final fantasy 10 whether you like the game or not there's a lot in there about religious hypocrisy and and sort of people being stuck in traditional beliefs and stuff but Mm -hmm. That's not a point you can make about Christianity or Catholicism in a game. You're not allowed. It has to be a made-up religion. And the same with things like racism. It's always fucking elves. Always fucking elves. <laughs> like, it's always got to be some fantasy, magical, whimsical racism. Fun racism for all the family. Because heaven forbid we talk about anything real. Because we'll get accused of making light of it. And I shouldn't be in a situation when I'm impressed that the word Catholic is in a video game. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we had Dante's Inferno, which was based on actual sort of, you know, there was actual religious stuff in there, and it was obviously from the real Dante's Inferno book. We had the the, the recent Castlevania, the Lords of Shadow. Um, They didn't just make up some group of nondescript Templars. They were actual Catholic uh, religious uh, people in there, and Assassin's Creed 2, as much as I dislike the game, you know, you assassinate the... Oh, I can't really say that. It'd probably be a spoiler. I mean, it's been out for fucking years, but there's yeah, religious, okay. there's real-life religious stuff in there, and I'm always impressed when that happens. I'm like, oh, that's kind of... That's, that's kind of laudable that they actually dared to name a religion, but I shouldn't be impressed. That's the point. I shouldn't right. be impressed that someone made a passing reference to a real religion in the game. I shouldn't, because, I, I mean, if you're going to do a fucking game like Call of Duty or Medal of Honor or, or anything like that, call them fucking Al-Qaeda. Don't make up a terrorist group that we all know is just a poor man standing for Al-Qaeda. Have some fucking balls and own the story you want to tell. Don't just keep saying, oh, it is the Russians, actually, because they're all right to put in a game now. It's all yeah. right now. Fucking, Germans or Russians yeah. or Germans or yeah. Russians. It is German terrorists in I had, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a shame. If unless people start getting um brave about that. And it took a while. It, it's analogous, I think, to the comic book industry, which for a long time self-policed its content like how video games do now, somewhat with the ESRB. Yeah, why do we even have an ESRB if um, if Nintendo is going to decide for itself what what games can be put out there and what can't? Anyway, um, you know the comic books, as you probably know, had a code called the official comics code. Mm-hmm. Did they have that in in England actually, or was um, that just an I'm American not thing? sure if it was international, but I am fully aware of. Yeah, I'm pretty that. sure it wasn't, which is why you had stuff like um, was it 2000 AD? Fucking 2000 AD, the- yeah. Some yeah, that's awesome. Shit, they didn't have I stuff like that think. here. <laughs> Indeed, they they wouldn't do that here because unless a comic met the comics code, which had all sorts of bizarre rules, like if anyone commits a crime within a comic book within a certain amount of pages, they must be arrested and like shown to be punished for 
for doing crimes, lest they be uh, comic books that are then encouraging crimes to happen. So they had all this self-policing, and they wouldn't sell comics that didn't meet that code in stores for a long time until comic shops just decided, hey, we're going to sell these anyway. And if it weren't for that, comic books like um, like Mouse, which dealt with a lot of content that critics at the time said they're trivializing the Holocaust by putting it in a comic book form with cartoon mice and stuff like that. Uh, lo and behold, it goes on to win a Pulitzer Prize and become one of the most influential comic books ever made. Uh, comic books won't have their own mouse. I mean, uh, video games won't have their own mouse until someone's willing to sell it in a store and someone's willing to make it and not worry about negative uh, publicity and somebody's willing to publish it. I don't know when that's going to happen at this rate. It's it's sad for me to see the biggest names in the industry still scared to yeah. deal with anything uh, legit. Like but I think we should... I, I, I really think we need to echo what McMillan said when he just said, thank God for Steam. Like, mm, yeah. I think we do have that place that is willing to sell it. It's just, it's not in a high street chain, but bless whatever, you know, whatever deity or non you choose to believe in, bless fucking Valve for putting, having a conduit there for people to just put stuff up. And okay, it might lead to shit to like the path, but, you know, at least, at least there's a conduit for new experimental ideas to come up. I, I mean, PC gaming in general, I played a game today. I say I played a game. It wasn't exactly a game. It was called. Um, sorry, I've been drinking Monster Energy again, so I'm all burping. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm a terrible human being. I played a game today called The Snowfield, uh, which was just you walking around a snowy post-battle um, field, basically. Uh, obviously, um, you're like dressed up as a. I'm not sure if it was a World War One or a World War Two soldier, and you're just kind okay. of puddling yourself, and there were other soldiers around you most of them are dead but there are some that are still wandering around just crying or muttering to themselves and that's basically it you just walk around until you you know end the game um and okay i hate games like that <laughs> i really do um, i mean well, i'm not against them i just think if you're going to make a game like that make a world that you can fully interact with and get absorbed in so you really get the message um mm -hmm. That game came close. I mean, I love the idea of the atmosphere, um, just as I did in Dear Esther, which I also played this past week. Um, but it just it didn't quite do it for me, just because I don't want a game where I just walk around and maybe pick up a thing and carry it with me, and, and I don't feel like I'm interacting with the world. I want to be yeah, in the world. I don't want to just be dragged along, forced to look at it. Um, and you, But you like Journey a lot. But I love Journey because it felt more inclusive. It gave me a world that I wanted to look at. And I think, again, I would have liked more. I think that's what kept it at 9 and maybe not, you know, the coveted 10 was that I didn't feel like I was... I would have liked to have interacted with that beautiful world a lot more. But it was still a beautiful world with wonderful pacing that a lot of these other arty games don't have. Um, it doesn't sound like there's any pacing in that Snowfield game. It's just walking around. That's right? Yeah, it's like I love the, what they were going for. Um, but it didn't quite bring it home. But the point is, it's there, you know? It's sat on a browser. You can fire it up, play it. It's an experiment, you know? They're sure. They're around their experiment, they're seeing what they can do. And we have PC that can do that, and I think that's amazing. And I think, you know, the 3DS eShop thing is... I think it's disgraceful. I think it's a real shame. Uh, and I am pissed, and, and I, I've done a big rant about it. But at the same time... We should definitely be mindful that the PC 
is there and it's home to some daring stuff that I hope gets more brave, you know? I hope mm-hmm. hope shit gets more brave on there and the and that we evolve the ideas already there. Like we've got those things like Dear Esther and what have you, but you know, I wanna see deeper versions of that. I wanna see games that really get you in a world rather than force you to feel like a spectator, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they didn't have a ton of money for those games either. I don't think <laughs> Dear Esther was made by just some some schlubby dudes, some talented <laughs> schlubby dudes, right? It was just some guys, you know, they they had a story to tell, and I guess they they felt that was the best way to do it. Uh, they tried. They yeah. did. They did. You know, it was. It, it just felt like an art game. You know, there are so yeah. many games like that now where it's just it's an art game. Um, I don't think it's enough anymore to mm. just do we're walking around and telling you a story. I think you've got to go above and beyond, um, which, I, again, I think Journey did. It kind of went that one step further. Um, yeah. And it's become, as far as I'm concerned, the new gold standard for any game that wants to be a, a less interactive, more, oh, it's the journey you're on rather than the things you do in the world. Like, that's the new gold standard. And again, yeah. I mean, you know, I've got to give Sony its due. Um, as, man- as much as I've complained about some of the stuff it chooses to do and, and still does, when it comes to taking a, re- a gamble, out of the big companies, there's no other one like it. And mm-hmm. I, I will fucking prostrate myself before them for that. Journey, Flower, Heavy Rain even. You know, I've got my problems with Heavy Rain's story as I've everyone knows by now uh, I still think it was a it was a fairly good game um, and I am just impressed that Sony put it out there marketed it well treated it with respect and dignity when it was a game with very dark themes and a game that wasn't your traditional type of experience so no it's not really about fun that game and that's a pretty rare thing it's in, a in hard the, thing uh... to do and, yeah, and, in the retail and space. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. Page is talented enough to do it quite <laughs> justice. But fair fair play to him for giving it a crack and, and immensely fair play to Sony for putting it out there and making it a success. You know, they fucking sold that thing. They did. Absolute kudos to them. And we've got that. And, and I would I want Nintendo to do it as well. I Obviously, they're dragging their heels in the past as much as they seem to resist a lot of change in the market which sometimes works in their favor sometimes i feel it doesn't uh, well they're weird you know as i've said before nintendo japan is a very different creature than nintendo of europe and america nintendo japan puts out um fatal frame 4 which has like vague incestual undertones and is about you know basically dead girls getting um you know coming back to life and scaring the crap out of people it's a legit horror game one of the better horror games i've played and then they put out captain rainbow which <laughs> has uh <laughs> yeah what doesn't that have that has birdo putting you on a quest to find a vibrator that she left under her pillow it's got um the mario golf guy scratching his balls constantly and talking about how he's a failure it's it's quite a game uh, these are the kind of games they take the risk on and put out in japan but will not touch in the united states because i think they're scared of their image getting tarnished and they're afraid that if parents don't like them then they don't have anybody left where sony has relied on an audience that i think was groomed on metal gear and resident evil who are looking for for games that'll take on cinematic language and also push the boundaries of what games can do which is perfect for for um what they're up to now i mean that's what heavy rain is all about it's kind of trying to take the 
cinematic ideas that they started on the PS1. The third party started there and uh, bring it to the next level. And they tried. Hopefully the next game will be better. I can't stand Heavy Rain at all, but I like that they tried for sure. Hell yeah. That's, yeah, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying too. Yeah. Just want them to try. And what if they come out with the Steam box? What if they get that Steam box out there? Then we'll be playing all the artsy games on the TVs. That I, yeah, I'm looking forward to. If that ever happens, you can count me in. I, I would love to see that. I wonder how they'd go about that. Do you think that would be like a $300 console, or would they try to make it cheap and not even run discs and just be purely stuff you download with a big hard drive or something? I think it would, yeah. I mean, they've got that online console that acts as a kind of streaming conduit that you just plug into your TV and the internet. I imagine yeah. it would be something similar, just a a means of downloading games. I think if it did happen, it would probably work the same way as Steam, but on your telly. I think they're trying yeah. to match that experience as much as possible. Uh, I think that would do pretty well. They that then no respect to P. I mean, no disrespect to PC, but until stuff hits home consoles and and portables, really dedicated video game uh, devices like that, I don't think it's going to cause a real cultural shift what by by that i mean until really strong weird games that we've been talking about that are allowed on steam are on home consoles um i'm not sure if there's going to be the big cultural revolution that i'm hoping for i think it's going to take no that. i see what you're saying there i mean like, i i i i get i mean well that, that's the reason why they are on pc at the moment is they get less attention yeah from the mainstream like you know fox mm -hmm. news it's it's not going to excite the Fox News or the Daily Mail or CNN or what have you to complain about a game that's on Steam. They want to say, "Oh, Xbox scandal!" You know, they <laughs> it's not as exciting to say PC upset, yeah. PC slight aggravation. <laughs> you know, it, it it doesn't. I guess just because the internet is so big and varied, it's not so shocking. Um, and when you want to break a barrier, you've got to go where the shocks are, and, and that will be on the 360 and the PS3. Um, especially the 360, I think that's the one that seems to get the most attention. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah, let's get some more games like fucking Journey and Heavy Rain going on the 360 and see if we can get some people sure. excited. Or not. Whatever. Let's just fucking do it. What are we going to call out about your restaurant? <laughs> I was thinking Sugared Regret. With, like, a crying sugar cube as the icon? Well, I mean, here's the thing, right? Because the thing about hibachi is uh -huh. it's part delicious edification and part showmanship. Okay. And that's why we'll have all the tables arranged, the big square in the middle, you in the middle cooking all the food. So much work. Right, it's not too much work. I've seen them do it. You just like pour oil on a hot bit of metal and then just chuck rice on it until it's brown, and then just flick it at someone's plate. Do you do that? You know, you're throwing eggs around, throwing them at the walls, shouting things like "Ice Ice Baby" and and, and doing like that guy did. You know, just say, "I'll oh, open your mouth and I'll stick my dick in it, tongue down your neck." Uh, say that to all the boys and girls; it'll get a laugh. Um, toss in some vegetables again. Just just. Toss everything on the table till it's brown. Um, halfway through, you know, I can stagger out the kitchen um, with just an armful, just armfuls of, like, full uncut onions and cabbages and things. So full, they're falling on the floor. And I just kind of half trip up and just let it all tumble on the hot plate. And you just 
you know, you're cooking going, hola, hola, and then it's quite clear to the people sat down that I've been in the back crying. I've just got red around my eyes, and I just stare at them with, a, like, a look on my face that implies they somehow know what I've been crying about. So I look at them really accusatory and defensive all at once, and then maybe just, like dribble a bit and snarl at them and then sort of stagger back with one hand pressed really hard into my eye uh, with my head down and I just go in the back and then they just hear like plate smashing and stuff while you're still going hola hola and then you just like roll this big these onions like these full round onions around uh, until they're all like black on the outside and then you just throw them really hard at people's plates <laughs> Wait, wait, what, 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 why were you crying before? It's all, I, for reasons. I, I, I'm imagining that this business won't go very well. Um, so I would, I, I'll just... But you want to do it still. You're excited oh, to do it. Absolutely. Um, and I just think, again, it, it's all part of the experience for them to have me come out with an armful of onions, um, weeping open, well, not, like, suppressing evidence that I've clearly been weeping openly in the kitchens. And when it's someone's birthday, come uh-huh. out with um, an, an, a, an early 90s ghetto blaster um, and play It's my life, my life, it's my life, it's my life, my life. And we say that is a traditional Asian um, song <laughs> and that they better fucking like it, right? And then that's it. You can eat their like, blackened, uncut onion and rice. <laughs> Here they get a full meal. It's a black burnt onion and yeah. rice that are thrown at their plate, and the plate is like skipped up into the air and probably broken. And and a full range are... of drinks. Yeah, Don't full range of drinks. If if you want to drink diet, Mister Pimp, I'm not going to give that. <laughs> it's just like the funeral. They're irrelevant. Like a funeral There's... every night. I like to, like, with my different various enterprises and services, I like to keep a running theme so people know they've got that touch of sterling quality. Oh, sure. Uh, that's, that's... That, that'll that be, the, like, the umbrella corporation for these ventures, a touch of sterling and homes. <laughs> oh, the word touch. It does make people feel bad just to hear it. Yeah. Just a touch. Ugh. Yeah. Makes you feel like you got wet all of a sudden. The other the other thing I was gonna talk about for a few minutes, I don't know if there's much to say, Jim, but the other thing people were mad at me. Someone said that I think I think they said I didn't read it myself, but I'd heard through the grapevine that I was accused of like tickling or sucking on Microsoft's balls. I don't know why Microsoft would want me to do that. I'm sure they could get other people who are better at it than me to, to tickle and or suck the balls. But still, and not the penis either, just the balls. Just the big, anyway. swollen screw there. <laughs> yeah, gross. Because I said that Capcom was going to make 360 owners very angry if on uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken they give all these DLC, DLC characters out for free on Sony consoles, but make uh, 360 owners pay for them, that that would be a really bad uh, PR move. That the 360 audience, which is a sizable audience at this point, I think it's like 50 million or something, would feel incredibly slighted and uh, as though Capcom had abandoned and pissed them off, which the, so many people already feel that way about Capcom over the past couple of years of how they've handled DLC and um, 
you know, uh, ultimate editions or super editions of their fighting games. To uh, if on top of all of that, now they're saying, "Oh yeah, uh, Sony will get these characters for free, but you need to pay five dollars a piece for them." That and there's twelve of them or fourteen downloadable characters for a Street Fighter uh, Cross Tech, and which are all on disc. If they were to to be paid, uh, have to pay five dollars for fourteen characters, uh, five dollars a piece, that would be something that would make them angry, right, Jim? That's not crazy. Am I being crazy again? Is this uh, crazy talk? What am I saying? What am I doing? Who am I? Am well, I okay? I think- I think the thing is, is considering the amount of outrage that's been had, what you said has been corroborated already. Oh, so I'm okay on that one. Yeah, it's already, people are fucking mad, and and I believe they've got every right to be. You are right, when something's free on one system, and you're expected to pay for it on another, where's the value for that consumer? Uh, That is when it's on disc already. Yeah, when it's on the disc as well. I mean, I have, I'm so sketchy on that still. I think on disc content is just... Fuck, you know, if... I agree with... Oh, I forget who it was. I think it was um, Mike from Twisted Pixel, I think, whose general rule is you work on DLC when the disc goes gold. When Mm. Once you've finished the game, once it's printed on disc, ready to go, then let's work on our DLC. Um, If you're doing it at the same time, it's... I find that sketchy, and I know some people have no problem with it, but I'm not about to... You know, I'm not so angry about it I want to boycott companies or anything, but I I do find it not very cool. It's just like, right. dude, that's not cool, as far as I'm concerned. It's a, it's a casual disquiet that I have about it. Um, I don't, but combining that disquiet with, with oh, it, yes. and yeah, the PS3 owners will get these two yeah. characters. By the way, half of our audience are expected to pay for this. It's... I mean, I, there's no value there. It's like, what, what's the value here you're giving me? Again, it was like, you know, why I got so pissed off at the fucking Dungeon Hunter thing on PS Vita. It's like you're charging 40 bucks for something that was 99 cents on Mac a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Where's the, why, why are we expected to see any value there? Why are we expected to support you with money uh, when you can give this away? So it's like, mm, it's not endearing, is it? And especially with the recent bit of bullshit, where apparently on Xbox, two local players can't go online at the same time together um, for, like, two-on-two two two matches. Um, you can do it on PS3, but you can't do it on 360, and Capcom has they've blamed the infrastructure of the 360, even though, according to all the comments, it's still possible to do on Mortal Kombat and, and all these other games. So yeah, yeah. They, they already assume Capcom's feeding them a line of bullshit for that. Um, between that and that... And um, the recent thing with Operation Raccoon City bringing out the oh, right. 60 exclusive Nemesis mode as paid DLC on launch day. It's, dude, you, I mean, at the, end of the, <laughs> at the end of the day, this is the stuff that is turning your customers away. And I'm not right. even saying this as an outraged gamer. I'm not saying this as a champion of the people. I'm saying this just as a device to... The companies, this is my advice to publishers, stop training your consumers to think that buying your game at launch is a bad idea. Because that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I've seen comments more and more now that's like, I'm not going to buy this game, I'm going to wait for the inevitable game of the year edition that's going to come out later at the same price with all the DLC. Or even cheaper price. Sometimes they're like 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Or, you know, I'm not going to buy this game now. I'm going to buy it a week later when they slash the price in half. I'm not going to buy this game now because of all the glitches that are on it. I'm not going to buy this game now because they're going to come out with Super Turbo Edition with new characters a year later. It's like, these comments are coming up more and more. And the industry itself is training people to think this way. And, and I, mm-hmm. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but teaching your consumers that supporting your product is a bad idea strikes me as a bad idea. You yeah, know? I, I am not angry in the least at Capcom for their business practices, though I am like a friend who's watching... A guy, you know, I, I'm like, I'm watching my friend try to make out with a girl by like sticking his tongue in her eye. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> not where the tongue goes. So they they keep putting their tongue in the eye, and it's not working for them. And and their games are not selling as well. Um, from what I know, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 did not sell as much as they expected it to. And um, likewise, uh, Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition didn't sell as much as they expected it to. So they're they're starting to suffer for it, and I hope that the the business guys at Capcom notice it before it's too late, because the artists at Capcom, I still have the utmost respect for, the the designers and the creators of the games. Oh, they still make fine games. They still make solid fucking games. But the people who are managing how they're sold are doing them a disservice and making them look bad. I think so. uh, And the thing is, it might make them money now, I mean, I get it. A publisher's job is to make money, and they don't do too badly at it. But everything I've seen from DLC to these Ultimate Editions to fucking even stuff like online passes and all that stuff that I've banged on about for way too often before, it's all works in the short term. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll make money from people now, but once you've burnt them, they're not going to come back. They won't keep yeah supporting this and as i've said the comments about this are going out more and more there are people i saw a a thread on um, amazon in the discussion for street fighter cross tekken that said i'm not buying this because they're going to come out a year later with street fighter cross tekken you know ultimate or whatever and the Mm -hmm. thing is i know capcom's gone on record as saying oh this will be the only disc you won't have to go buy another one a year later the general public doesn't know that they, or they um, don't believe it. They don't know it or they don't believe said, it, yeah. Yeah, Capcom said a lot of stuff that they later just say, oh, uh, So it's nah. like, you know, you all of your, you know, fun little ideas for making a bit of extra cash for yourself, they might have made you that extra cash now, in the short term. You've got to start thinking about fucking preserving that customer loyalty in the long term, mm-hmm. because I think year on year you're just going to see people drop off. And no, it won't be an immediate thing. You won't have the world turn on you overnight, but... People will get sick, and and I think we've seen that. I think we've started to see some real gamer revolts. I mean, the fucking Mass Effect shitstorm that happened. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't say I necessarily agree with a lot of it, because some of the complaints were just fucking ridiculous. Um, but I think that's evidence that people are just getting so... They, they're already getting very self-righteous, so the last thing you want to do is encourage that and justify it even more than you're doing, because I just think it's going to have some long-term damage on you. Absolutely, and the, and the market is just too competitive uh, to take those kinds of risks. Uh, you don't want to create a culture. I mean, they're making it cool to hate on Capcom. Like a lot of people mm. still want to be cool. I don't care about being cool. I'm too old to care about that at this point. But people want to like say what is the funny, cool thing to say. And right now, it is 
uh, quite fashionable to say that Capcom completely sucks. And they need to do something big to turn that around. I think the, the something they could do, which is what I suggested in the uh, mini-feature I wrote last night, was just give all these characters away for free. Just bite the bullet and be like, hey guys, you know, uh, we're giving them all away for free, or for like yeah. 99 cents for all of them or something. That would show people that Capcom uh, actually cares about whether yeah. people get a value and out of And I'll tell you what stuff. else it would do. It would... Uh-huh. It would send a message that Capcom doesn't think it's above its own consumers because that is mm. a that's an attitude. I've, it's at least the message I've received from not just Capcom but EA, Ubisoft, um, and a number of others. There's this message that I'm picking up that says that these publishers think they're better than their consumers. Mm-hmm. Now they might be richer, and they might be smarter in many ways. I mean, obviously they're they're high ranking businessmen and in charge mm-hmm. of these things. But when you tell the public or send off the message that you think you're better than them and you don't have to do anything for them, you don't have to apologize, you don't have to meet them halfway, and they'll still lap up your shit and tell you it tastes like strawberries, there's only so long that that will go on. And it's usually until a competitor comes along that does what they do better. And you don't want to be in that position. You don't want to be in Best Buy's position right now where it's like, oh, we are losing market share. What should we do? Uh, Not give a shit and make our customers think that we don't give a shit. Um, Bother them with people in the store that says, hi, would you like to buy a direct TV from me? Um, For the record, I don't go to Best Buy anymore because of this kind of shit. Um, I only go in there to fucking trade off some old games I'm not buying now. Yeah, there's a few guys that are nice to you at Best Buy, right? Um, there are some cool people working at um, my local Best Buy. There's some really cool people. But I just, I, I used to go in there a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, fuck it, I, I got Netflix now. I don't want to go in there because it's more convenient, yeah. obviously, to use Netflix. And I don't have to deal with fuckers trying to sell me direct TV and shit. And, and work in a, you know, stand in a company in a in a company building run by people that have sent the message that we don't care about consumer convenience we don't give a shit how uncomfortable we make people we're going to do what it takes to make money and we don't have to apologize and that is the position i'm seeing a lot of publishers in and i think it's a bad thing to do you know um just i'm sorry that especially in america people want to be the fucking customer you know, mm-hmm. that whole mm-hmm. thing, the customer is always right. It sounds like a cliche, but it's an attitude that have gotten businesses a lot of respect and custom in the past. And again, I would say, look at Valve, look at Steam. I mean, Steam mm-hmm. is DRM, but people don't fucking mind it, you know, because yeah, they, cause they it, love the company and they yeah. feel the company loves them back. So and they made it convenient um, and beneficial to the user. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, look, we know that you don't like DRM. We, we know that we understand your grievance and we're working to make it work for you and that's something that the likes of ea ubisoft they've given off the message they're too arrogant to lower themselves to Mm -hmm. do that for the consumer and after a while i mean it takes time but after a while the consumer picks up on it and they think well well, fuck you I'll, i'll go elsewhere and there are services coming up that are threatening to change this whole business and i think the ones that don't give a fuck are going to be left behind and mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. something Capcom needs to think about. It's like, dude, show show a little humility. And, and a little humility goes a long, long way with, with any market, I think. People like yeah. a company. People like um, an artist or a, a public person 
to show a little humility, to show a little fucking respect for the people they're providing content to. Absolutely. In in my experience in life, you can piss people off and uh, it'll be bad in the short term, but if you can make up with them later, the relationship will be all the stronger for it because you'll learn that you can get through things together and that in the end uh, you are right in thinking that uh, the relationship was any good. If Capcom gets through how hard they've pissed off all these fans uh, over the past couple of years with the game cancellations and the the uh, what are considered to be overpriced special editions and ultimate editions and whatnot, they can make up for that by giving all this stuff out for free. Um, I think their relationship with their fans would be stronger for it. Yeah. People and you can take and... a take a hit now and reap the reward later. It's, oh, yeah. It's really yeah. not that difficult. I, I would assume it's business 101, you know? Fucking... Make sure. customers feel valued and wanted, and they'll come back. <laughs> right, and then you'll make money off them for 10, 20 years after that. Uh, the whole gold rush mentality is something I'm hoping to to write about more often, because I feel like a lot of game companies I've witnessed in the past few years, be it with motion control, be it with DLC or online passes, they... Um, they they see a gimmick and they're like, we can make money off that real quick. We'll just throw some motion controls in this game and it'll make tons of money, even though people won't enjoy it. Or we'll we'll charge them, uh, you know, twenty bucks total for all the DLC for this game, and they'll be pissed off about it. But we'll make money in the in the short term. It always comes back to bite them in the end, and uh, it's regrettable. I want to point it out so maybe they can stop doing it. I wonder if they read my blog. These video game developers are reading my blog, guys. Probably Some not. of them fucking listen to Podtoy, I don't know that much. Really? Did I fucking I tell you about this? I fucking... I got an email from Sony the other okay. day. Yeah. Oh, hey, I was listening to Podtoy, and I noticed that you're reviewing <laughs> Unit 13, the game that I very indirectly slagged off last week. <laughs> That's super weird. Wow, Sony, like... um Because yeah, we know a were... couple of people at Sony. It wasn't someone we know personally, I'm not going to... It, it wasn't anyone I'm, you know, friends, friends with. Um, right. I don't obviously don't want to name names or drop people in it, even though I assume they were doing their sanctioned job. It was clear right. that Sony were a little concerned because I did hint last week that I believe my exact quote was, "I'm not going to say these two concepts are related, but I drew the short straw with reviewing the <laughs> PS Vita games, and I'm reviewing Unit 13." Um, which my statement was somewhat preemptive because I d- it did win me over a bit more since then, and I especially oh good. Actually, them listening to Podsword when they got in contact with me, they asked if I've got any problems, and I'm like, well, I can't get into co-op, and they troubleshooted that with me, and I got into co-op and and got to play that with um, a guy from Sony, just sort of going through some of the levels and stuff, and that warmed me up because playing the game co-op makes it a lot more enjoyable than it is solo, so uh, that yeah. warped me up to um, a lot of it. So it, it didn't turn out too bad, but, you know, I gave it a 7. It's like, it's a good game, it's not going to be very memorable in the future, but mm. it's the best handheld shooter right now, if only for the fact that it came first. Uh, you know, it right. may well be superseded, but right now, if you want a, like a traditional feeling shooter in a mobile environment... It's a good, mm. you know, it makes use of the right analog stick. It feels like a good thing. They put touchscreen controls in it really well, uh, which mm. I was really impressed by. So, you know, it's cool to pick up just to at least get a glimpse at what the future of the Vita can, like, means, what it can get an idea of what's to come. Um, but oh, yeah, right. it always freaks me out to hear 
<laughs> yeah, know, that is weird. That's I get an email weird. from someone from Sony saying, oh, I was listening to your podcast, and I don't know whether publishers listen to it regularly, or... Or whether they just heard you talk about the game. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, like, someone on a message board was like, oh, Jim's playing Unit 13, he made this joke on Bodzoid. But it it is freaky. It's like, you know... Because especially with the other stuff that PR rep had to have sat through to get to it. Like, (laughs) what were we talking about last week? Me fucking... Uh, we talked about a lot of things. I talked about in the, making commemorative plates of your face. Yeah, and... you were gonna put food on my face, and um, you weren't too sec. No, you were fairly sexually uh, explicit last last week. Um, I, I think I talked about uh, Pokemon basically being like going out and trying to hustle some gay sex out of the nightclubs, the local clubs. Um, that yeah. wasn't that weird though. I guess yeah, that's fine. So it's... we did good. So they sat through all that, and and I get that, like, people, when I find out that a, a, a Jimquisition episode's been passed around an office somewhere in a publisher, it's fucking freaky. Especially when you consider a few years ago, my opinions on video games meant jack shit to nobody. And mm. now the, the companies themselves that I used to buy games from sort of talk about my shit. It's, it's weird, but... Pop to it's only going to get worse. Them. <laughs> yeah, it's only uh, only going to get worse. You're only getting more popular, Jim. Yeah. Speaking of which, right? Yes. How's this for a fucking idea? Yeah. Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. Right? He's an actor. Stars as an Austrian man in America. It's possibly not explained why he's that. Why? Okay. But okay. he's there. Deal with it. You know, with his grinning face. Um, turns out, he has a brother. Alright. A twin brother. Oh. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Doesn't look too? like him. He's shorter than him, but that's hilarious. Everyone laughs. You've oh. got, you know, Willem Dafoe being Austrian going, Ah, oh, get to that <laughs> Like that, you know. <laughs> I'll be back. And Danny DeVito's like, oh, I'm a little <laughs> troll-like figure joking off in the corner. <laughs> I call it the Double Brothers. <laughs> it's not called Twins too. No, it's the Double Brothers. Because <laughs> they're like doubles. They're, well, they're, I, was, they're... I was possibly going to call it Willem Dafoe's Blood Breast Orgy, but I don't know. I, I cut that scene out of pitch. Because What's, was... a, blood bre- what's a Blood Breast? Uh, it's a blood breast orgy. Um, it involves various fluids and glands, uh, but didn't test well um, with potential audiences for what was being pitched as a family movie. So instead, it's the Double Brothers with yeah. Willem Dafoe being like, ah, dong, ah! And, yeah, um, I mean, that, that's a good line. I'm going to add that in. That's a good joke. There can be a bit when Danny DeVito slips on a banana skin and falls backwards and gets a pitchfork like up his ass, and then the punchline can be Willem Dafoe slapping his face and going, "Achtung!" That's just that's just sounds. That doesn't even mean anything. It's a good Ach. no. It's a good joke because he is Austrian. That is that is the joke of it. That is the whole joke. Yeah. 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 So that's I, the Double Brothers. Um, I mean, I know it's a family movie, but I am still trying to get a cock shot in there. Uh, just 
just because I think Willem Dafoe's massive penis is like really like it should be seen and it should be contrasted with Danny DeVito's like I imagine he's got a little peanut really um, and they can be just like oh there can be a fun thing when they're just being brothers together like try like pissing in the same toilet and trying to have a sword fight with their pissy strains and then you see their massive like it's it could be funny because he can get his cock out and the camera can be in on in on Willem Dafoe's with big music like boom 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 da, da, dum. and then Willem Dafoe gets his little one out and it's just then they do deep kissing with each other right and they're still kissing they're like face to face and and Willem Dafoe's got on his knees and he's just like <laughs> while, oh, no. while that song plays starry starry night boo boo like that and they're still pissing and like Danny is like pissing on his on Willem Dafoe's belly and pissing and kissing yeah yeah maybe should we call pissing, that pissing and kissing with Willem Dafoe <laughs> and Danny DeVito is, yeah that's who everyone wanted to see him it kiss. would be Pissing and kissing with Willem Dafoe, and then like brackets Fiat Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely second bill. People aren't people aren't as excited to see him people pissing are there and kissing. Wilhelm. That will be his like, the character's name in it. Wilhelm Dafunk. Wilhelm Dasfo. That. Oh mercy! Yeah, it uh. He would want to make that movie, I think. Okay. Like, if we pitched that movie to him, he would be sad that the, he probably couldn't make it because Danny DeVito was too busy with uh, Always a Sunny in Philadelphia start, and stuff like that. I'm just huh? emailing him these ideas. I can't see why not. He's done weirder things. You've seen that uh, Antichrist movie he did? No, yeah, I, I saw Daybreakers yesterday. Oh, how was that? I oh, know it was the day before. You don't need to know that. It was alright, yeah. actually. Vampires with Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe. Weirdly yeah. enough, Sam Neill is in it. Sam Neill plays the evil vampire. Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe plays the good human. Who got Weird. that casting wrong? <laughs> Who got yeah, no that kidding. the wrong fucking way around? <laughs> uh, well, well, in Antichrist, I think uh, Willem Dafoe has his uh, penis smashed on a rock mm. and is like happy about it when it happens. It's all about, it's like the opposite of the Adam and Eve story. It's like two people coming together because their kid died instead of the fact that they're oh, going to give seen that on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real yeah. creeper. It's by uh, Lars von Troyer. Okay. Who I'm going to make a point to definitely going to yeah. check that out now. Sorry. I was just gonna say. Oh, that's all right. All of Lar- Lars von Troyer's movies, like his new one is melancholia. It's all about just like, how bad can you feel? Um, he yeah. wants us to just feel awful. I wish he'd make video games, actually. That'd be good. That'd push the medium forward. Yeah. Oh, medium. Medium. What a gross word. Medium rare. Yeah, ugh, magic middles and yeah. medium. And yeah. So anyway, I think, <laughs> I think after all the weeks of people saying bring back Willem Dafoe film pitches, that was worth waiting for. That was a wonderful pitch. I should, I should point out I only had that idea yesterday and realized it wasn't good, and then desperately tried to embellish until the idea of it ripping off twins was far forgotten. Well, I, I think the idea of Willem Dafoe... I'm picturing him having a mustache, too, for this role. Deep kissing Danny he should, DeVito. He should have a, a blonde toilet. mustache, but we keep his hair brown. 
<laughs> such a, it just looked. It just looked like a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a revolting look. That would be perfect for that movie. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that, uh, that idea really evolved. That's a good idea, Jim. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have yeah. a fun time. Um, I think that's all my ideas. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Want to do questions? There's all these questions yeah. I saw. But that's what I came prepared with. It's like, got to tell my Hibachi story from the other night and got to say something about Willem Dafoe because people want a regular section. They want a feature. They want to come back and know something's coming. I've, I've run out of pedophile ideas. It's time to regurgitate <laughs> an old Willem Dafoe idea that ran out of steam weeks ago. That was years. It's almost been a year since we stopped doing those. I think we stopped doing those in like June or July. Can you believe we've been doing the show for that long? It's crazy. That's far too long. That is yeah. too long. We're now an institution of the video game blogosphere, of the podosphere. I'll tell you what, we should be in an institution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy people. <laughs> I'm bipolar. That's uh, a new character I'm working on, the hilarious man with mental problems. <laughs> Who just laughs about himself. Who yeah. just laughs. I did... He's having a fun time with his mental malay. I do have an irritation I wanted to point out to people Ooh. real quick. Speaking of mental uh, illness and I'll rub diet. some cream on it and see the doctor in a week. <laughs> herpes. <laughs> He's got herpes now? Oh, yes. It's not a big deal. It's a lot of people say I'm a bipolar schizophrenic well, or something. And you you can only have one axis one diagnosis, everybody. So you got to pick one. You're either bipolar or you're schizophrenic. Or if you have a mix of symptoms of both diagnoses, then you might be schizoaffective. Or you might be bipolar with psychotic features. But you can't be a bipolar schizophrenic. It's like saying you're... Uh, a right-handed lefty or something. It just doesn't work. Then you'd be ambidextrous, but you're not a right-handed lefty. Does that make sense, Jim? Yeah. All right, thanks. So don't, just trying to help people. I mean, people really, people understand. shouldn't be self-diagnosing anyway. They, 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 certain people get a pleasure out of it to, like, announce their label. And I, I think it's better when people try to reject their diagnosis, identify the symptoms, but not, like, say, well, I am this thing and I always will be this thing. I always will be bipolar. No, you've got some symptoms of bipolar and maybe they'll go away. Maybe you'll be able to treat them. Maybe, you know, you never know what will happen. You don't want to label yourself. Gosh darn it. Oh, yeah, and then another thing, Jim. Uh. I don't think people should be allowed to say the F word anymore. I don't mean fuck. Oh. If we're not allowed to say Trumps. the R anymore. <laughs> Did I tell you about that uh, Van Morrison song called uh, um, When I Say France, You Whistle? Uh, no, someone recommended one Van Morrison song to me recently, but it wasn't that one. Uh, now I'm do trying to do two thoughts at once. I'm going to finish this Van Morrison one. I think it was Real Maggots quick. in Your Worm Bucket or something. That someone... <laughs> Van, Van Morrison, maybe it's from the same uh, recording session. Van Morrison had a record contract with a label called Bang Records, and he didn't want to be in the contract anymore. So he went into the studio with his guitar and um, just started playing and was like, I can tell by the look on your face, you've got ringworm. That's it. It wasn't... It wasn't maggots in the worm bucket. Yeah, that was me. I told you about that. Yeah. I think last 
yeah, you did, yeah. yeah. I went and listened to it, yeah, for about yeah, five that's, seconds. That's a good song. And uh, he did another one called um, When I Say France, You Whistle. No, When I Whistle, You Say France. Like, he can't decide which one it is. Anyway, the F word is fat. People <gasps> aren't al- you're not allowed to say the R word anymore. Because even though sometimes people do have a IQ that is below a certain number and therefore they are considered the R word, it's offensive to say it. And likewise, sometimes people are of a certain weight or have a certain appearance that they are the F word, but it's offensive to say it. So I think we should get rid of the F word, Jim. What do you think? Uh, Let's get rid of it. Uh, and the C word. No I'm not a big fan of ending any kind of word, to be honest. Let's end all words. Jim? <laughs> let's just communicate let's... in a series of grunts and ticks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <gasps> and then someone will get offended because someone said at them the wrong way. Well, with, uh, with proper context, we could get rid of these words that cause all the problems in the world. Just the first letter of them. I'm going to try a sentence like that. Jim, are you the R word... And or the F word and the L word with me? Because I, the L word, R words and F words. That was my way of saying, Jim, are you fat and retarded and in love with me? Because if you are, I love fat and retarded people. (laughs) It was very romantic of me. I don't know. It's. I'm not going to get into it. I'm really not. Because I will, yeah, I will spend an hour talking about this and I will say things that other people will regret. (laughs) Well, I had to bring up my idea. I think that. No, no, no. It's, it's, yeah, food for Yeah, it's an offensive word, the F word. And if we can get rid of the R word, then we should get rid of the F word and and most words. I'm just bored. I'm bored of being called fat. It's, (laughs) It's so bargain basement. It's like. You know, I guess it's easy for them to say that and come up with anything that requires thought, but I'm tired of it. They, I think they think they're offending me, but it's just, eh, this again, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it would be nice if people stopped using it lazily, but I think it's weird when people want to get rid of all words entirely or certain words. That, well, that I, found, I found just saying prick all the time works. Because, um, you know, you call a woman a cunt, that is considered an offensive thing. Uh, so I just call them pricks. If, if I mean, I don't say all women. I don't say all women are pricks. I don't mean that. But you know, I'll, I'll refer to the lead singer of the Four Non Blondes as a prick. Okay, sure, that's a woman. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> yes, yes. Is that a lady? Yes, a lady? she is. She is. I'm, yeah. I never knew. I, uh, to be honest, when I was a child. Um, a, a younger um, person. I didn't know whether the lead singer of the Four Non Blondes was male or female. It was like, I don't know what... I think this might have started my own sort of um, interest in later life. It was just, I don't know what gender that is, but it's quite pretty. Yeah, I, I think we who have grown up in the generation of Getty Lee <laughs> are not going to be sure what gender are high-pitched uh, effeminate, but not particularly feminine lead vocalists are. How and can we know? Good. I don't think... I'm, 
I don't. I mean, this is like I've said before. I'm quite apathetic about gender, and it's the mm. best way to be because some people agonise over it. Oh my god, is it a woman? Oh my god, is that person a quote unquote? You know, they use that term trap, which is obviously an, oh, yeah. an offensive term. Um, mm. Oh my god, if I have sex with. I mean, here's the thing: people get there are horror stories about having sex with a woman who, oh my god, turned out to be a man. But if you're like me and you don't care. That's it. You've disarmed the so-called trap. Have sex mm. with whatever. If someone looks attractive to you, have sex with them. Obviously, if they want to, don't just say, "I right, you over here." That's obviously not how it works. But if you don't give a fuck, you've got nothing to worry about. Absolutely. I think a lot of the the stronger heterosexual males among us will tell you that. If it turns out their girlfriend had a penis, they'd uh, they'd work around it. They'd figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like I really don't care, like male, female, anything in between. If if the person is attractive, the person is attractive, and there's no getting around that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm in a unique position because a lot of my family I don't talk to, so I don't really worry about upsetting <laughs> anyone. So I've never really felt the kind of pressures that a lot of people feel. So it's just I really don't give a fuck. I don't yeah, worry yeah. about, oh my god, am I a gay, or am I not a gay, <laughs> you know, these yeah. fucking hang-ups that people get, it's, and I, I don't want to disregard that, because I know that a lot of people are, you know, actual gay people do face a lot of oppression, and, and, and sure, I, I don't sure. want to belittle that, but those people who possibly are just very straight, yeah, they spend all their time worrying about being gay because, oh my god, I don't want to be that way. It's like, dude, just be what you are. Unless, obviously, you're a paedophile, in which case, keep it in your pants. <laughs> Absolutely. I had to do that this week on the Jimquisition. Like, I was talking about the, the gay shepherd. Like, you can do gay romance options in Mass Effect 3, and people are like, oh, if we have to do that, we have to put paedophiles in as well. I'm like, no, we don't. Whoa. No, we don't. Really? They have <laughs> Paedophiles are attracted to kids, and that's different because kids you idiot <laughs> you know wow I but obviously know you, got... you know if the person is adult and consenting don't worry about their gender that's how i try and live my life anyway and and i just think things would be easier for everyone if we didn't care <laughs> about you know the, the the differences in in gender yeah, absolutely. I uh, I dated a girl named India Johnson who had uh, sort of big teeth, but a great sense of humor, uh, and she was a lot of fun to hang around with. And for a while, I thought she might have a penis, but it turned out she was just Catholic because she wouldn't <laughs> find out about what was going on uh, below the waist. So I'm like, maybe it's penis, uh, uh, but it wasn't. She's just uh, into that whole religion thing. Oh, I got an email back from Phil Fish already. Oh, cool. He said, uh, I was just kind of being a dick. <laughs> How can you not like Phil Fish? Well, you can reply with, so was Jim. <laughs> I might, yeah. I'm not going to type during uh, Podtoid anymore. I feel rude about that. But, yeah, uh, live update, Phil Fish. Uh, his report is he was just kind of being a dick. I think that's an apology from him. I'll see if he wants to do a full statement later. That might be a good post. Should we do questions now, Jim? Oh, let's start? go for it. Let's go for it. Okay. So Toby first had a suggestion, and I want to bring it up just because it is something we're working on. Um, uh, he just says, if my opinion on it matters, I'd rather you have guests now and then than having a third regular cast member, uh, mm -hmm. because having a new one at this stage would feel weird. Um, uh, 
Like I said, I mean, we've been thinking about it. I've talked to some people about being a third regular cast member, but it's these ideas have fallen through. Um, and, I, you know, I like... I think, it's, you know, having this base of just me and Holmes is cool and brilliant, and, and I like it. I like where Poltoid is right now. Um, that said, I did wake up um, early last week and think, why haven't I asked industry people to come on as guests more often? The David Jaffe thing went very well, and I know people. Why aren't they here? Mm. Um, that wasn't my official response. I was being salty for the podcast. <laughs> oh, um, oh, but no, uh, we will be bringing some folk on to come and discuss stuff with us. Uh, I, I don't know whether we'll have them on as little interview segments or whether we can have people on for a full show, more full then. But I've spoken so far. I've got two guys lined up. Uh, Darry Baranowski. Who is that? Is that wrong? <laughs> uh, I just Jerry figured if Baron. I said it very quick, no one would know. Da- Danny, <laughs> Danny V, Danny Baron, Danny B. Baronowski's, Danny yep. Baronow, Baron, Barrow, Wheelbarrow, Danny Wheelbarrows. <laughs> anyway, all you need to know about him is he is about as fat as I am, which makes me feel great, because then I'm not the only one at PAX. <laughs> and, and he also did the music for Super Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. He did the music for Cannabalt. Mm-hmm. He has he done, did uh, Binding of Isaac music, actually. Binding of There you go, mm-hmm. Binding of Isaac. Um, and other stuff. You can hear his music around. I believe he's done some stuff for the Sonic um, project. I believe before I even knew Danny, I had like some of his Sonic remixes on my oh, iTunes. Is that right? um, oh, cool. I can't remember whether he did Dead Batteries or not, but he, he did, did uh, remixes for the uh, for Cave Story 3D as well. Oh, there really you go. So, talented man, very mm-hmm. funny guy, very funny guy. This is uh, very fun to talk to. So he was one of my first choices um, because. He's just awesome to have on. And he gets it as well, so he's good for Podsoid because he will get a lot of it, I think. Sure. Uh, And also, uh, another guy who's very open to it, I need to um, finalise this with his sort of PR people, but Ken Levine, the director of Bioshock, and obviously the upcoming Bioshock Infinite and Bioshock for Vita, um, is open to coming on. I've just got to talk to his PR people, get that all cleared up, but hopefully we can bring him on for some uh, discussion about Bioshock and, and other things in between. Um, again, Ken Levine, great guy. I've spoken to him casually on Twitter a few times. We've had discussions about uh, like sex in video games and, and this sort of stuff. Not not about him and I having sex in a video game. <laughs> Um, I don't. I, I, I want to put those ongoing rumors to bed right now. <laughs> but his man's got fascinating ideas, uh, as I'm sure yeah. many of you guys would know, having played his games. So, yeah, really hoping we can get that cleared away and get him on sometime after GDC. So, we got those two, and I'll be on the lookout for other people in the industry that I've not alienated and or disgusted. Yet. So, yeah. and uh, I have some people now that you mention it. Uh, people who would want to be on Sub Holmes, that other show, but don't want to do a show on a Sunday afternoon. And who can blame them? Uh, so, yeah, they could fit it into their work hours, California time. So I'm going to look into people, too. That'll be good. Hotness, hotness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hell yeah, Satubi has yeah, a real question as well. Oh, okay. You want Seth Killian on, by the way, Jim? He'd probably do it. Hell yeah, I'm bring Seth Killian. Right, Seth Killian, I'll bring him on there. He's a good guy. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I'm sorry. Seth Killian on my podcast! I'm talking about the Street Fighter! It's Seth Killian! How do you play Street Fighter? I'm playing with a controller! And I'll put it in my Xbox, but I'll put it in there and it doesn't work. Why have you played Street Fighter before? And if so, what is your best one from characters in it? Thank you. Love you. Oh, he would love that. And that's, that's a sneak uh, peek of our um, exclusive interview with Seth Kelly. And stay tuned in the future for more from that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, this has been a great episode. Has it? I, I feel like I've fumbled my words a lot. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'll pretty tired lately. I'll your <laughs> gland. Just the gland. Yeah. Just like my neck gland. You'll just fumble it a little. I've been alright. I've been I've been alright on the show, yeah. I guess. I said some things. I just wish I could have... my new goal in life, Jim, is to be more concise and to be more potent. Concise and potent. I'm gonna work on that. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> Did you have a question from Toby? Oh, yes. Our, our friend Toby? Uh, uh-huh. so, so Toby says, do you think any dead, in quotes, franchise or genre has the chance of making a comeback in the near future? If so, which? The trouble with this question is it invariably becomes not what do you think has a chance of coming back, but what do you just want to come back? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. yeah. So what do you want to come I don't back? Know. Like, what do you want what, to come What back? genres are even dead, though? I mean, I feel like every genre I can think of off the top of my head, it may not have a huge following, but it has a, a large enough following to maintain yeah. itself they, on some level. They tend yeah. to relocate. Like, mm-hmm. the, the beat-em-up, like, because of its simplistic nature, doesn't really have much of a home in the retail space, but we, we've seen them come to Xbox Live Arcade especially, you know, Castle mm-hmm. Crashers. Um, sure. And, and that sort of thing. Um, that other horrible one with the Mexican wrestlers, that was fucking dreadful. Um, oh, forgot that happened. Yeah. The Scott Pilgrim one was pretty good, though. I yeah, like that. that one. We've got mm-hmm. Adventure Games on PC. You know, mm-hmm. and we recently had, obviously, that huge resurgence with Double Fine and their whole Kickstarter thing. Um, sure. And there so are point and click is kind of, yeah, point and click is still have gone portable. And on the, uh, I was just thinking this today, because, you know, people still talk about um, my favorite home console, the Nintendo Wii, Jim, how it's like, eh, there's nothing really on there. And it's true, there's there's fewer games on there of particular genres, but for 2D platformers, Jesus Christ, think about it. Two Kirby games, a yeah. Mario game, a Wario game, another Mario game, so many platformers, a Donkey Kong game. Some great platformers on there, and they all sold over a million copies. They're all big hits. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sean Barger asks, what are the... Sc- oh, no, we didn't even ask what franchises or games. I guess just... Franchise. I mean, is there a franchise that not around that you'd like to see come back and you think they could bring back? Oh, there's a lot, yeah. Yeah. You know, because I'm... Um... 
35, so my heyday, you know, my time of loving games like Mass Effect, which everyone's really excited about now. I'm so envious. I wish I could get into that game. I'm really going to try the third one. I really want to feel what everyone else is feeling, but I just uh, feel like my time has passed for really wanting to get into a, a world like that. Um, but during that time, when, when I was of Mass Effect age, when I was in my 20s, I freaking loved Strider. Remember Strider on the Genesis? Love that game. Love to see a new Strider. There was Moon Dancer, I think it's called, that came out that was made by the Strider designer, but it just didn't feel quite right. It was like a multiplayer Strider, but the universe wasn't the same and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, I'd want to see Strider come back. I want to see, I know there's a new uh, online Ghosts and Goblins coming out soon, but I'd like to see a real 2D platforming Ghosts and Goblins come out that takes on kind of the Donkey Kong Country Returns structure in terms of size and um, playability. Uh, I can go on and on. Fester's Quest? <laughs> Fester's Quest. Hell yeah, I'd play that all night. Play that right now. Just put it put it in my game box and play it all night. How, how about you, Jim? What do you want? Um, I've recently been replaying Blood, thanks to good old games. And oh, okay. I would love to see that come back. And I know Warner Brothers has the rights to it. Oh, I say no. It seems likely that Warner Brothers has the rights to it. Um, and Monolith's still ticking, so hey, there's no reason why they... And Monolith recently did a fucking game for Warner Brothers with uh, Imposters. Fucking bring that back. Mm. It's, um, sure. Yeah, it's... it's if, if For those that don't know, um, one of my best friends introduced me to Blood um, because he and I share a very macabre sense of humour. And that game, you know, you run around with things like a, an aerosol can and a lighter and just set people on fire. Um, and there's just all these just hilariously demented scenarios like a haunted theme park and, and a runaway train and all this shit and it's just all these mental cultists running around with machine guns and really demented monsters that look like they've come from the evil dead films um and the main character is this sociopathic mental man who sings frank sinatra to himself and stuff um it's a very fun game that sounds great it's one of those games that nowadays you've got to play with the cheats on because it's just so it's so it's unforgiving to the point where it kind of takes the fun away because um, a lot mm-hmm. of the fun comes from just shooting things with ridiculous weapons. So you just tap T to talk and then type in Lara Croft and then you get all the weapons. Um, and I highly recommend it because when when you're walking around you don't have to worry about ammo. It becomes a lot more fun to just like... Like one of the weapons is a voodoo doll and you whatever you're looking at you stab it with a pin and then it does damage to them. And they usually got a special death animation for it. And, and yeah, it's cool stuff and I would love to see another blood. Because um, mm, modern yeah, graphics... That's so good. How'd that do? You, hmm? Did people like buy that game and stuff? Um, I've, it's got a, It had a cult following. I don't think it was... It was certainly yeah. not on the same level as Doom or, or Quake, you know. But it had sure. a following. Um, there, It's one of those games where if you mention it in a room of gamers, about 5% of the people in the room will know what you're talking about, but that 5% will really fucking know what you're talking about. Right, right, right. Yeah, I've read about it, but I've never actually played it. How about Overblood? Do you ever play Overblood? Ah, oh, now that is a name I know. I can't remember if I've... I, I believe it's one of those games I always told myself I needed to play, but never got around to doing. What happens That if- would be so hard for you to play these days. That That was, like... Shortly after Resident Evil One came out, and people were really surprised oh, it did that well. Mean, yeah. So they're like, let's take Barry Burton, put him in the future, 
give him a robot sidekick and have like not zombies but just people with like a texture on their skin that makes them look like an Afghan rug, like a pea green Afghan rug, and no nose jump out at him and like bounce around every once in a while and he shoots them. That's Overblood. I'd love to see a new one of those. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to look it up on the internet to see why I can't I can't do it justice. Um what else would I want? New Jet Grind Radio. That'd be great. You like that stuff, Jim? Jet Grind Radio? We've never talked about that. Never really never really caught my interest. I'll probably get the yeah. That, that remake that's... I say remake, the remaster that's coming out. Yeah, with some new stuff. There's some new graffiti tags in it and stuff like that. Um, I love that game mostly for the music. The gameplay is just all right. It's got a terrible system where you're... Uh, the same button that auto-adjusts your camera is also your action button. and But the actions are context-sensitive, so you'll be trying to spray-paint something, and instead, if you're not close enough to it, it'll just screw up your camera. It's like the worst control Ugh. design ever. Yeah, But the, the music is so good, I don't care. I just play that game to listen to it. It's fantastic. Cool. That's my story about that. Yeah, we talked about it. Kick ass. We um, did it. We did it, guys. We got through it. <laughs> got through it in the end. Uh, Sean Berger says, what are the scariest slash most troubling nightmares you guys have any ha- have <clears throat> you guys have ever had and anything reoccurring? Oh, just not about video games, just in general? <laughs> this is Podsoid. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't really have very many nightmares. If they do, it's usually like I'm driving a car that's slowly falling apart and uh, everyone in the car is, like, holding me responsible for it, and we're all probably going to, like, fall through the bottom of the car while I'm driving, but I can't stop. Something like that. They're always, like, responsibility dreams. Um, I used to have zombie dreams. I used to have terrible zombie phobia. I've had a couple of zombie dreams, yeah. Yeah, that can be pretty scary. And I I just, like, legit thought zombies were going to come in the house at any time. But that was when I was, like, 10 or 11. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I have a lot of weird dreams, but not too many many nightmares these days, which is nice. I've never had, um, never really had nightmares. I've never been a nightmare person. Um, I'd say the most disturbing dream I've ever had, and it, it wasn't reoccurring. I had one where I was um, a serial killer and mm. had killed, and, and there's that fear of having taken a life and that's it. Like, once you've crossed that threshold, there is literally no coming back from that. Um, yeah. Which I think is a fear I have in real life of crossing certain borders and never being able to undo it. You know, I, this is a thing that's happened and it can't be undone. And I sure. think that, and I think it's a quite a, quite a common dream as well to have dreams that you've killed someone. Um, but yeah, that was I was a serial killer and couldn't like had no power to stop doing it. And that was that lack of power over something so fucking like heinous. I guess was. Very like I woke up very concerned that morning and and put me in a very weird mood. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, yeah I think that's the that's that's the most disturbing dream I've ever had. Been only the once, and I've never really had other night. I've had zombie dreams. I've had tense dreams, you know, where mm-hmm. something oh, you know, something shit your pants is happening. But it's never been like waking up in a cold sweat and feeling bad about it the next day. It's usually I wake up and think, oh, that was a pretty cool dream. It was like left for dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can uh, you can rationalize it later. That's the sign of a strong ego. Um, I not ego like um, full yourself. Ego, I mean like the uh, command center of your psyche. 
That's really what the ego is. Yeah, my idea of hell, I'll tell you why I'm afraid of uh, the afterlife being bad or there being an afterlife that um, I just have no control over. My idea of hell is just my head in like a really dark box where I can kind of see that it's just in a box, but I'm not sure because it's really dark. And that's just it. Then I'm just in the box with head oh. forever. Yeah. Hope that there's sounds, no afterlife like that. That that sounds like a video game that Tail of Tales would fucking make. <laughs> it is like an art game. Uh, 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 hell is like an art game in a lot of ways. Head in the black maybe box. <laughs> I like some art games. I think all games are art. I love so, the idea. Right? I love the idea of art games. I played Dear Esther the other day. And I loved what it was going for. I just didn't right. like the execution. It's like, you, this is a beautiful island. I wish I could feel like I was in it rather than being made to watch it. Yeah, like a slideshow that you sort of um, yeah. maneuver around. It was a nice uh, island to walk around, but I wouldn't have spent money on it. But aren't all games kind of art, though? I feel a little weird about the art games label. Because, you know, when I was reading your Journey review, of course, it was very well written. You are like, it is, it's, it is art. I'm like, yeah, it is. But so are, you know, so is Rhythm Heaven and so is No More well, Heroes. Totally. So is uh, Shadow of uh, the Colossus and stuff. No, I consider all games, you know, I consider video games an artistic medium. It's an art form like I consider books, movies, TV, paintings, you know, everything. I, I Basically, anything that someone gets some emotional response from that another person's created... I would consider that art, um, be it a building design or a car or a book or whatever. If if you design something that is beautiful to someone, then yeah, that's art. Um, you know, when I in the journey review when I said art game, I meant that with, um, you know, I, I meant that as the genre. I didn't mean right. to say that, you know, other games aren't art, but this one is. I just meant, you know, it's an inelegant label, I think, art game, but it's the best we've got. So That's true, yeah. I, just I think, think it's got to do with intent. Uh, like, with Journey, like, a lot of games, they are art with the intent to entertain through that art, whereas Journey's intent isn't to, like... Uh, blow your face off or make you feel it's like, exploration um, it's experimentation mm. it's it's trying to make you feel in ways that are unusual in in yeah. the gaming space and and i guess that's basically what art game means but yeah, it also right. has come to mean in many ways pretentious overly vague obfuscating bullshit which tale of tales for example are wonderful at and dear esther was on the cusp of it and and that's the interesting thing about Dear Esther is it was so ordinary. It is exactly what I thought it would be. And we've gotten to this point where that style of art game, it's the, oh, I'm walking around and some story is happening around me that I'm not allowed to touch, um, has become almost as cliche as military brown first-person shooter. Like, yeah. I played Dear Esther and I was like, well, that was an art game. And I think a couple of years ago, something like this, something like Dear Esther, I mean, well, Dear Esther was the original mod is very, you know, considerably older than the, the new revamped one that was released. And back mm -hmm. then, you know, back then it was like unusual. Uh, but these days you've got things like The Path, you've got things like Passage, um, where it is just, oh, I'm walking and now I'm supposed to feel something. And and I don't <laughs> That's think not that, art anymore. That, cuts, if you, if that you're... doesn't cut it anymore. It's... 
I, I did this a couple of years ago. I, I said something like, I did an article called, like, Indie Games Don't Have to Act Like Indie Games. Where oh, yeah, that's right. I think it was art games, actually. I think I, I think I'm, I use them interchangeably. Uh, oh, okay. But you get that now. I think there are some hack developers out there. Just like you've got hack developers in the, the in the mainstream retail thing doing FPSs, you've also got these hack artsy developers that are like, well, I'm making an art game, so that means everything has to be squares and you are told to walk down this road, but if you go down that road, you lose. And it's, <laughs> and it's so by the numbers, you can see it coming a mile away. It's become so... Well, by the numbers, I mean, if you're just uh, connecting the dots by the numbers, then you're no longer making art. That's kind of the definition of art, is that you're doing your own thing. You're, it's coming out of you instead of just following a, a preconceived blueprint. So those art games aren't art games. They're just bad games. That's what I think. <laughs> I'm talking so dumb. Something happened when we started doing the questions. I just started talking dumb. I don't know why. Sorry. We're talking back to art. I think that art's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I wish real people talk like that more often. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, indeed. I've got a game. um, Sorry, I've got a question by Benelli M4. He says he's asked this question literally over a dozen damn times so he would enjoy an answer. Uh, Okay. So I'm not sure exactly what he's asked, but let's find out. Sure. He says, I cannot seem to be scared by a game no matter how hard I try. I've tried the Resident Evils, Silent Hills, Amnesia, Dark Descent, and some Dead Space, Dead Rising, all the Dooms. Um, he's tried Dark Spire on Nintendo DS and said that it was crap. Don't buy it. Uh, he said he's tried his hardest. He's tried all the different scenarios like Turn Off the Lights. Turn off the light. Turn off the light. Uh, turned up the volume and fiddled with the brightness on his screen. He just can't get that horror. He wants to see if he should keep trying and find the one or give up and just continue to enjoy the games he already is doing. So, there. And he says he won't play any more classic Resident Evil or games of the similar camera style. And whoever thought that up needs to apologise. Oh, the old, like the old uh, movie style? like changing The old the camera survival angle. horror stuff. Right. As you walk forward, then suddenly the camera switches to a under the feet angle sort of yeah. thing. I like those, all right. When they're well, but like any genre, when they're when they're bad, they're terrible. But when they're good, they're very good. I think the remake on GameCube was very good. Uh, wow, that's weird that he can't get scared by any game. I wonder what his standard for fear is. Whether just getting startled or whether just wanting to keep an enemy away from you and being kind of intimidated by the fact that you may be powerless to keep yourself uh, safe from it, whether that counts as fear to him or or what. I mean, I get scared playing goddamn Pac-Man. Like, I, I think it's legit fear when the ghosts are going really fast and you're going kind of too slow and you just need to get to that power pellet, but you might not get there in time. It's interesting I, you I, mentioned that because... Yeah. I think the scariest games are the ones that pit you against something that's chasing you and you can't stop it chasing you. And it's yeah. interesting you bring up Pac-Man because that is one of the first of its kind that do that. And Yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. been ranting about that for whatever reason, that I think of it not as a horror game, but one of the first survival games, Pac-Man. Yeah. And survival and horror are, are pretty closely 
they work well together, and and some would say they're they're closely tied. So, uh, but yeah, I wonder it, maybe this guy just doesn't um, take in atmosphere in the way that makes him feel the legitimate fear, and instead he just feels the challenge of um, of dealing with those seemingly inter- insurmountable obstacles. I don't know. I don't know what his problem is. Yeah, it's a shame he won't of- go back to Resident Evil because I would have suggested Nemesis because that oh, has a, that one? that kind of the implacable man, you know, that's just mm. following you and can't be stopped and can chase you through doors even and stuff. Uh, chase you through doors even and stuff. <laughs> that's possibly the worst sentence I've ever said. I'm not doing too hot today either. I think I'm just sleep deprived still, but we're we're having fun. We're we're yeah. making the points. But I'm just that is, a little funny. I would suggest games where yep. something chases you. Now, because yep. I, I I love Silent Hill. Silent Hill Two is my favorite game of all time. But it oh, wow. isn't that scary a game. It's psychological. It's kind of disturbing, but it doesn't really scare. Um, mm-hmm. Except the pieces, you know, the bits with Pyramid Head. Um, because again, it's like this implacable creature that's following you, and, and you can't really stop it. Um, but I would again, like, he doesn't really want to deal with old survival horror, but Clock Tower does that well. Mm. I mean, that's what really started that. Like, Clock Tower is like the the, the bridge between Pac Man and horror. I think mm, it's good point. It's got yeah. the dark, disturbing stuff. But it also pits you against these various sort of serial killer type figures. That 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 clock tower on the PS2. I forget which one it was. Um, it's generally, three? I think it's Clock Tower Three. It is generally yeah. a fucking shit game, but it's scary because mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, it's just the way those like the baddies in that game are introduced are just so harsh. Like, there's uh, the second guy, he's like this dude in a gas mask and a long coat. It's been many years, but I believe he's introduced by just, you're with this kindly old woman, and he just fucking bursts in, laughing, grabs the woman, throws her across a table, and then just, I think he drowns her in a barrel or something. (laughs) And there's another dude with a mallet, like this mallet that just, again, just bursts in and smashes a little girl in the fucking head with it. And it's just so sudden and harsh, and then it just throws you in the game, and it's like, yeah, that dude's chasing you now. Right, um, right, and you have no defense. You can hide, but that's it. Yeah, and I believe yeah. th- those same guys went on to do Demento, um, which I never played. I watched someone play it, but I never got around to playing it myself, and that was an extension of that, and it put you against this huge, lumbering, like, unintelligent man who I believe his goal was to grab the main character and essentially sexually assault her and I, from what is I that the one called that's a haunting ground in the United States oh ah, yes right? yes haunting yeah. ground and I believe that was just fucking harrowing at, at times um, like I said I only saw bits of it but what I saw was just like holy fuck um, but games like that where something's coming after you and unfortunately I can't talk about Silent Hill Downpour yet um, but there are some bits like that in there that kind of work towards that and do very well. But I can't, huh. I can't really say much more than that. But I will when the time comes. Um, actually, yeah. March eleventh is when I can start talking about that. But so yeah, I mean, I would go for those kinds of games where something's chasing you. Um, usually, just a thing. And I don't know. I mean, there's that. There's Clock Tower. There's possibly downpour. I can't think of many more that, that really do that well, though. This singular entity that can come at you at any moment. 
Um, I certainly, you know, if people want to make a scary game, please do more of that. Please. Mm-hmm. There was the first Clock Tower too on the Super Nintendo, which I think it's creepier when uh, the graphics are a little bit cute, but then these like terrible, terrible things happen. There's something about that that's more disturbing to me. And because it's Super Nintendo, the graphics are more simplistic, but the same scissor man comes out and just stabs all your friends and you're like left the only one alive, you and this woman who... I think there's like a giant killer baby in that too. It's very good. Catherine! Uh, did you think Catherine was tense at all in a scary way? I only really played the um, demo, demo and it, it yeah. didn't appeal to me, so I haven't played the main game. Yeah, it gets pretty tense, but I, I, there's it's survival again and not really horror at that point yeah so those are my ideas yeah first clock tower haunting ground i have that i would recommend that as you said jim and um and the uh classic resident evil 3 it is a pretty scary game yeah Got the guy, Got the guy um, in it. plus if he's into pc gaming there's a, a, a half-life mod that recently released called um cry of fear now, I stopped playing it because I got my, I saved myself into a fucking unwinnable situation. Um, so beware, it's a fucking buggy mod, but it is pretty damn spooky. In some of the, it's, it's mostly jump scares, that kind of thing, but it's effective at what it does. So maybe give that a try as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll yeah. check that out myself, actually, now that you mention it. Yep. Cool. Um, Pumpkin-Headed said... Is there a difference between a review copy that you receive and retail copy of games? Um, most of the time, no. Most of the time, we will get retail, and I always try my best to get retail ahead of time because, you know, it's it's the final product. Um, sometimes you get early copies um, called debug, which that goes on a dev kit. That's a a system that plays pre-release games. Mostly used for previews, but sometimes they got early, like, full games on these discs. They're not that good because they it's kind of unreliable dev kit stuff. Uh, so I try always to get retail at the same time um, or, or before the review goes up just to double-check everything. But, yeah, most of the time it's the same, but sometimes you'll get these sort of little dev versions. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, DS games, I don't know how they're doing it with 3DS in terms of debug, but DS, they would send you a really weird cartridge that's, like, thick and fat and, like, seemingly uncomfortable. It just, like, looks like it hates itself, and um, those were not retail. I, that's how I got for Okami Den, which I reviewed a while back now. And I don't know if they do that with 3DS. Have you ever seen any weird 3DS cartridges, Jim, in your um, travels? Nothing yet. Um yeah. I mean, I've never really played with... Um, only at a preview event have I really played with the, the, the test sort of Devi uh, DS yeah. cartridges. Most of the time. Like I said, 99% of what I get is retail. And I almost yeah. always ask for it as well. I, I don't like... I mean, A, I have to fucking fiddle around with unplugging and, and switching over to my dev kit, which is a pain in the ass. And I also just... I, they're, they're slow to load and, and sometimes have problems that won't be in the final one and then I, I have to go and find out like what's going to be in it and what's not and make sure the publisher isn't giving me a line of shit by just saying, oh, it's just in the dev build. Um, but it's it's never really been a problem yet, but it's something I don't like to... I don't like yeah, the possibility of being a problem. Absolutely. Why, why ask for trouble? I agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, Handy wants to know if we could talk about video games for a bit. 
Fuck off. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly as I was saying, sure, you said fuck off. <laughs> that was great. It's like a two-headed monster we were. Indeed. Yeah, I'm just trying to find out. Some of these questions are really long. Oh, yeah? And I should warn people that I do, like, I'm lazy, so I just read them on the show, so I can't really sit here and read a novella. Someone had uh, that tweeted me, Matthew Schultz. I can ask his real quick. Yeah. So now that you've had some time to digest last year, what were your biggest disappointments of 2011? You know, I forgot. I forgot 2011 already. And I don't remember being all that disappointed, but I probably was. When did Other M come out? That was 2010, right? I can't even remember anymore. Other M was still... I'm still sad about that game. There's so much potential there that they just kind of squandered, in my opinion. Um... I don't know, Jim, you remember 2011 at all? I've literally forgotten it all already. <laughs> Me too. It's Me so too. hard to remember what came out. What didn't I like? Uh, the video games were good. They came out there. It was disappointing when the uh, 3DS took a while to get all its features sorted out, but now it's pretty much sorted out. It's got everything except um, 3D movies, they promised. You still can't buy 3D movies for the thing, but who really wants that anyway? I don't. Ugh. Watching Green Lantern on my 3DS. Yeah. No, I can't think of anything. 2011, best year ever. No no complaints. <laughs> zero, zero problems with that. Um, uh, Vidcom, have you ever stolen anything? Um, chocolate as from a store as a kid or from your dad's wallet. There's some, <laughs> some fun examples. Um, I went through a very brief shoplifting phase as an early teenager. Very brief. Um, I have... uh, I'm not even Catholic, but I've got a major guilt complex. So it really didn't last because I got really sort of chewed up about it and then um, told my mother. And that was it. And then I just stopped. (laughs) Um, And she was... You know, I guess just because I came out and said everything without being prompted or anything, it it was all all right in the end. And huh. what so, a good conscience you have. There's the same reason you don't want to be a uh, serial killer, I'm sure. You have this uh Because like, most uh, normal people just like <laughs> They have things that are serial killers and they're pleasant experience. They wake up smiling. <laughs> well, you know, some people would feel just fine about everything they do. They're called uh sociopathic narcissists. And you're not one of them, Jim. You've got a conscience. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, I stole a tape called Heavy Metal Maniacs under the pressure of this kid who I thought was really funny, who loved The Doors and The Misfits. They're two rock and roll bands. Um, he was like, put it in your pocket, put it in your pocket. And I did, and then I got caught at Kmart, and he ran away, and I cried, and the manager told me that I was you know, going to go to jail for the rest of my life, and I felt so guilty, and I never stole anything after that. And then his dad, the karate teacher, wouldn't let me hang out with him anymore. This is the same kid I talked about like last year who uh, used to drink like a extra large slush puppy and then start screaming at me, I am microwave. I will destroy your bones. And like, <laughs> remember him? You remember that a little bit. Yeah. He, we, we had a great time together, but it all got ruined because he influenced me. He, he, uh, he told me to steal a heavy metal maniacs tape and then we couldn't be friends anymore. Uh, he was like that. Ate his drug pusher. <laughs> he was, He's a, I still see him around. Gotta smoke He's that a... weed kid or I'll kill ya. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like that. Uh, he got married on Halloween. He's he's like a Satan worshiper now. He's in. He's an alright guy. Nice. Yeah, I like him fine. Um, I guess I'll just end with um, something a Mexican zebra posted. Okay. Which yeah. I'm just saying because it's brilliant. If I have sex with a puppet that looks like a child, is it Geppettophilia? <laughs> Geppetto. <laughs> That is, that is pretty good. Uh, it is now. He just coined the term. That is the definition of gepetophilia. Only having sex with puppets that look like children. <laughs> I guess that's it. I guess we're done. Yeah, that's a long show. It's a good, good long one this nice, week. Nice, healthy whack of it. Yeah. Gone on what? far too seriously long. Two and a half hours, I think. A little more than that at this point. Just about. Just on the cusp of it. Jesus, man, we just don't don't shut up. There was there was only a few pauses, but for the most part, we just kept talking the entire time. Hey, it's hard not to, with so much great chat on the menu, like at a restaurant that we're definitely going to ro- run and open and run into the ground. <laughs> Where you will be like the abused wife in the relationship, bringing out onions and crying and. And I'm just like this gregarious madman who feels totally confident about throwing burnt onions at strangers. I'm getting horny just thinking about it. I'm telling you, no joke, I am a rock hard right now, seriously. Oh, God. You can fucking break a baby's skull with it. (laughs) That's what one does with erections. They're like, where are the babies? (laughs) No, no sex. No sex with other people. I need to break some skulls. Baby skulls. (laughs) Have you been watching The Walking Dead, Jim? Have you seen the way, you know, they stick knives into zombies' heads like they're sticking it into butter at this point. They just slowly slip it in there. They're killing people left and right. I've only ever watched up to the penultimate episode of season one so far. I need to go back and watch. um, Actually, I might. I need to. It's on Netflix. I'm going to have to go and get into that. It's on demand. Yeah, because I know. Yeah. My my wife was very into she she liked the comics as well so I didn't like the comics so. oh. yeah I have to get back in on that I guess I want to see knives going into skulls it's real goofy how easy it is to just like tear off an arm or stab through a skull or rip somebody's guts yeah. out it's, it's like in zombie movies they're always people who have never held a gun before scoring perfect headshots and everything. Yeah, exactly right. Ridiculous. So as long as you can throw that, uh, as long as you can suspend your disbelief beyond that stuff, it's a good show. Yeah, it's going pretty good. Yeah, little review there. Zombies. <laughs> Should we pitch our stuff? Should we plug our stuff now? Hell yeah, let's pitch our fucking shit. Okay. What you got exactly. going on, my friend? What you got sizzling? What oh, you got on the boil? I'll talk about me for a second. I uh, am doing the show Sup Holmes. It's a talk show. It's named after me. I feel self-conscious about that. It's hard for me to even say it. But, uh, yeah, that's what it's called, Subholmes. And it is on Twitch TV slash Destructoid on Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then we put it on a podcast on, on Libsyn.com. You can just look that up, Libsyn um, and Subholmes. Google those two things together and you'll get the podcast. There's already four episodes of it. It's a interview show where I interview video game developers. And this Sunday we're going to have Luke Bernard on. The uh, oh. world famous developer of video games who has really come into his own, in my opinion. He's uh, putting out iPhone and PSN games that are well made and are selling and getting some critical, positive critical response, unlike his earlier games, which 
or really panned. So good on you, Luke. You stuck with it. You didn't give up, even though your games were getting you know ones and twos for a little while there. And uh, he's doing much better for himself. He's probably going to be drunk and angry and uh, insult some people on the show this week. So that'll be fun. Also, uh, talking to women about video games, that old show I used to do, I added 12 tracks to the album version of it. Because and there are like a million tracks on that album now. There's now 46 tracks oh, on it. Oh, that's amazing. Two of, them, two of them are you, Jim. You have two tracks on there. That is too, too many. <laughs> no, people like your track a lot. Uh, and there's a track about you um, on there, too, by uh, Everett Fortner. Anyway, so yeah, that's on sale for 99 cents. I'm putting on sale this week for cheap to celebrate the fact that the composer for Twisted Pixel is, uh, goes by the a stage name Chainsaw. He did a uh, his own cover of the song, which is really quite beautiful. It's a, it's very um, Twin Peaks ish. It's kind of creepy and affectionate at the same time, which is what I think Twin Peaks is like. So to support him, I uh, recorded a bunch of songs myself that are sometimes good. I did a cover of uh, Enter Sandman. You. <laughs> <laughs> You could be mine. They're only 10-second covers, but I think that's all you really need. Some other people contributed songs to it. It's a, it's a lot of music for 99 cents, so go on bandcamp.com and look up Talking to Women About Video Games album. Just buy it. It's, it's like two cents a song. Jesus Christ. What, what more do you want? Just give it a shot. Just do it. 99 cents. Only until this uh, Sunday, though. Then I'm going to put it back to the old price, which is two ninety nine. Those are my pitches, Jim. Hope Hell like yeah. Them. Yeah. Uh, for myself, uh, Jimquisition is on escapismagazine.com every Monday. Um, I don't, unlike Jonathan Holmes, I don't feel self-conscious about naming a show after myself. I am arrogant enough to believe that is perfectly acceptable. This week, we I continued my discussion about gay romance options in Mass Effect 3, um, because the gay erotic fan fiction I wrote was considered too subtle to some people. So I laid it out for them and explained, you know, why homosexuality and pedophilia are not the same thing. Why, um, like, the idea of Shepard being canonically gay is silly and, and debunked a lot of stupid arguments. So that's cool. Uh, on Destructoid.com, I've got some reviews that went up. I reviewed Unit 13 um, next week. I've got a Silent Hill downpour review coming. In fact, all this month I've got the stuff for Silent Hill coming along. Um, very excited to talk about it as a fan of the series. Uh, I really can't say much more than that, but I am not depressed about mm. the things that I will be publishing. Uh, and you were a little bit worried about that game. I as fucking I tore Downpour to shreds in a preview. I played mm -hmm. the preview build at E3. Um, and again, I, I don't want to you know, push push my luck here, but let's let's just say that whoever put like thought that would be a good demo for E three should probably not pick demos for E three. Um, so that's coming up. Um, if I've done anything else, um, I do articles for GameFront.com as well. Um, just sort of little bits of bits and pieces, and I've got a, a reg two regular columns um, forward slash rant which is about general industry stuff, and Rant.exe, which is about PC gaming. So that's about it from me and from Jonathan Holmes. Thank you for listening to our shitty drivel. Um, as usual, you can download uh, Potoid app on Amazon for your Android. I, I think I already said that. This no, you haven't. It's the first time oh. you said it this week. That's good. Fucking shh.
shit balls. <laughs> <laughs> that costs two bucks if you just want this this level of quality on your phone. And please keep giving us nice reviews on iTunes. Please keep subscribing. Please keep downloading. And please keep spreading the word as well because I'm. This is one of the best things I do of a week, and I'm would love more people, like-minded people, to listen if possible. Mm. Right. So yeah, thank you, and I guess goodbye. Bye. 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 Yeah, that's the end of the show. Goodbye. <laughs> Slightly aroused at the end for Slightly. no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.